Hello. Uh, this is Matthew here. Back again with Parp. Alrighty. Um, welcome back to the second episode. Welcome back to the second episode that uh, just happened to happen after the very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we just took a break and uh, Parp here is drinking some coffee. And uh, I'm chewing on peanuts right now so my voice is a little uh, muffly. <laughs> but um, yeah, how are you doing since the last 10 minutes? Uh, I'm drinking some coffee. Drinking some coffee. Just drinking some coffee. You know? uh, what do you think about caffeine? Caffeine. Let's start, with, let's start off with start that. Start with yeah. that? I don't know, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a good chemical, to be honest. You know, it's they call it the the most popular drug. That is or, true. Or, or the, the, I don't know if it's the mo- obviously the most, most popular, popular drug, drug, but the most... <laughs> Hold that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the drug that many, many, many people are addicted to, right? It's, it's the most common legal drug, I think. Yeah. No. Um, and of course, there's a lot of people who are addicted to legal drugs. To be honest, like off oh. the counter prescriptions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a that's a big thing. No one talks about that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of caffeine, I mean, I was I, I was addicted once to caffeine. To, really? Back in uh, Mount Sac. Oh, okay. Uh, that's our community college, by the way. Um, <laughs> should I have said that? <laughs> are, are we revealing too much about ourselves? Oh my God! They're gonna find where we live. <laughs> <laughs> people who know us will really relate. Yeah. Um, imagine we show or we we make like our old friends listen to this like um, old friends yeah like people you are still in contact with oh one hundred percent I would be down to have them listen yeah they'd be like hey I know those guys yeah um, if it goes big one day then uh... yeah hi how's it going <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> but um, we're, we're just chilling hanging out we still talk to each other yeah um, so we have a good friendship yeah. Uh, but yeah I used to be addicted to coffee. Uh, yeah. to to caffeine really i didn't go to like starbucks or anything but i was uh-huh. just I, I needed a coffee to just go through my day okay and i think most people are at that point like most people who work from like uh five to nine right right nine to five nine to five or five <laughs> to nine. <laughs> that would be terrible that would be terrible. from five to nine that that's how how long is that work day 5 a.m to 9 p.m oh jeez that would be bad that's gonna be <laughs> 14 hours at least jeez. um yeah yeah caffeine is something that everyone not everyone, but a lot of people have either tried or. I'm saying it like it's like a drug, but I mean, it, it, it technically it is, is it. I think it is technically a drug. Technically, the, the you, definition of a drug. Let's find out, folks. Okay. Um, it alters your mind, doesn't it? It's it's like a, a chemical that alters your state of mind. Uh, define drug. Uh, it's a medicine or other substance which has a psychological effect. It says physiological. Physiological effect. I can't <laughs> physiological. Don't drink coffee, folks. <laughs> <laughs> effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. Right. Okay. So, so yes, it definitely counts under the uh, category under this definition. Correct. Right. Um, and I feel like everyone's tried caffeine. Very few people out there probably have not. They all, you know, Starbucks is everywhere. Starbucks is on every little block it's out there. It's everywhere. Yeah, even Literally. in Northern California in the middle of nowhere, yeah. like Fresno. It's, yeah. It's everywhere. Uh, you know, and I thought, I used to think Subway was bad because Subway would be like everywhere. <laughs> I was like, dude. You're not bad Subway. Yeah. <laughs> like Subway. You're pretty good. It's everywhere. But now I'm starting to see Starbucks and everything. Okay. okay. I know a shopping center right across from my home, Okay. Yeah. There's a Target there. Okay. And there's maybe three other small little stores right. and, a, and a restaurant. Okay? Right. In that plaza, there are two Starbucks. Okay. In just one little plaza with one Target, right. three little stores, and a restaurant. Isn't there's that, two Starbucks. Isn't that bad for business? I mean, isn't that like 
um, not, taking away from one yeah, Starbucks. Yeah. Is this, is it the same company? <laughs> well, well, technically, so so it's franchised. Like one owns another, the other one owns another. I don't know. To, yeah, possibly. You know, that's possible. Yeah. But I know. Okay, so one of the three little stores is a Starbucks. Okay. The other Starbucks is in Target. It, yeah, there's always a Starbucks in Target. It, yeah, they collaborated. It's. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a popular drink. It really is. I knew. I had a, a English teacher in in, mm-hmm. in our town sack. Yeah. Um, she would drink coffee every morning, uh-huh. and she was a young uh, English teacher, uh, kind of attractive, and um, she would just love drinking coffee. And yeah. she encouraged uh, her students to drink Starbucks coffee. Wow, why um, is that? I don't know. It, it, <clears throat> I think it was just like if it works for me, it, it will work for you type of mentality. Okay. Uh, I know some people who have that. Yeah. Um, especially people who talk about diets, right? When they talk about a diet, they try to like get you in the diet. So, so there's a, there's a guy out there on YouTube um, promoting his fitness program. He's, his name is Kino Body. Kino Body. Yeah, Greg O'Gallagher from Kino Body. His I'm brand Kino is called Body. Kino Body, right? Okay. Um, and he always advocates, he always talks about intermittent fasting. For right. those of you guys who don't know what intermittent fasting is, the idea behind it is, I mean, there's multiple forms of it, but... The idea is you allow a big period of time for your body to stop taking in food. So you would fast daily for about 14 to 16 hours. Mm-hmm. And then your eating window would be between 6 to 8 hours right. per day. And you would take in all your calories in that 6 to 8 hour window. So you'd eat a lot in that eight, 6 to 8 hour window. Okay. Um, you would take in all the calories that you need to take in. If you're trying to cut back on eating then this, this could be a, a, a helpful method for you. Right. But the idea would be, you know, you wake up and you don't eat breakfast. You know, a lot of people talk about breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I think His, it is. Oh, you think, you, you would say so? I would it say is. so. Right. Okay. Well, why this guy says it's not. Why else would you uh, get up? <laughs> why else would you get up? That's my motivation. It's not like we have a up. life to live. <laughs> yeah, what do I got to live for? Um, but... This guy you, says, do, you do have a life to live, by the way. <laughs> he's just joking, guys. <laughs> he's joking. <laughs> Uh, but so, you know, this guy advocates how you wake up, you skip breakfast, you don't eat anything for the first four to six hours after you wake up. That's a lot of hours. Yeah. And you will be hungry. You will be hungry. Yeah. Uh, but what happens is a a host of other things happens, right? The, there's a process called autography. I think that's what it's called. Oh wow. Where it clean, cleans out all the cells in your body or a lot of the cells in your body. Okay. The junk that's in them. Right. Because I guess um, your body wastes a lot of energy uh, digesting food otherwise. It affects your insulin levels. The, you know, the second you wake up and you start eating something, especially if it's, I think, sugary. I okay. think, um, don't quote me exactly on this, but this is the idea. Uh, insulin levels are, are affected, and so yeah, that affects the whole thing. But the main point of I'm trying to, the, that I'm trying to make is he says first four to six hours to help you get past those first four to six hours of not eating anything you can drink black coffee. And black coffee, what that does is, uh, there's very little calories in there. It's just water with like What's the some... coffee. Black coffee is just without the yeah, creamer, sugar. With the Yeah, black coffee is just like the residue from the beans, right? Yeah, That's yeah, from the is. coffee beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So very it's the strong, actual... Very bitter. Yeah. Right, right. It's very strong, very bitter, and it's very, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's the actual coffee. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not... It's the Joe, yeah. Yeah, it's just take out the milk or the creamer. Um, and the uh, sugar, but that's what helped me get off coffee, to be honest. To to get onto it. To get off it. 
Oh, because you didn't yeah. like the bitter taste. Because I was I was not only addicted to the caffeine, but I was addicted to the sugar and everything in it. Ah, um, okay. And um, it was kind of hard to you know get rid of both at the same time. So I kind of did it by by uh, part. So I got yeah. rid of the sugar first and the cream, and uh, I'm like, okay, maybe I can just do black coffee. Right. And eventually right. you get tired of it because <laughs> yeah. it's a bitter drink, right? Yeah. Um, so that's how oh, yeah, I got yeah. off it. I think uh, so. What I, from what I've heard is people tell people say that it's it's a developed taste. Uh, kind of like beer, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, only real men drink black coffee. Yeah. <laughs> only they can handle the uh, not the Gillette men. <laughs> Those are not real men. <laughs> Inside joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. <laughs> so, the point I'm trying to make here is, uh, coffee has appetite suppressing. Um, Oh, I heard about that. Properties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it somewhat makes you not hungry, or it doesn't yes. make you so um, desirable to get like it's, a next bite. To eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what he says is, first thing in the morning, you wake up, you make yourself black coffee, which has almost zero calories. It has like th- like three or four get calories. Two, yeah. Yeah, and, and that will not break your fast technically, you know, because the second you put in one piece of food, oh. your body starts to digest it, and the whole process starts, and insulin levels will change, and all this, and that happens, and right. so... It stops the fasting period, right? Right. But if you're taking in a drink that's maybe just like a few calories, yeah, maybe like four, five, six calories or something, it doesn't make any difference. Right. Apparently, that's what he says. So round drink black down. coffee, huh? Round down to zero. Yeah, 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 just round down to zero. What what is a few calories here and there? You right. know. So you drink it, and um, this will help you suppress your appetite till later in the day, around maybe twelve to two o'clock. You eat your first meal, and that helps you control your calorie intake. Okay. Which will help you shred off fat in the long run, right? Because if you're in a calorie deficit, you know beyond what is what is needed to maintain your weight, you will end up losing fat. Right. But basically, uh, caffeine has or coffee has appetite suppressing um, uh, properties. It has antioxidants apparently, and coffee, black coffee, apparently is a lot healthier than people think. Really? Yeah. It okay. ha- it helps reduce the chances of liver cirrhosis. Okay. By like forty four percent, from right. what I've heard. And this is for people who drink excessive amounts of alcohol. Excessive. Black coffee might just help you out in, in avoiding liver cirrhosis. You know what? I'm gonna look up black coffee benefits. Benefits. Yeah. Right. And yep. then we're gonna fact check you like crazy. Mm. Um, here we go. We got an article from Times of India. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say they're legitimate. All right. Um, here we go. We got some points here. It boosts memory. Okay. Um, it improves per- performance during workout. Mm-hmm. Okay. For the caffeine, probably. For the caffeine. Uh, beneficial for liver. Makes you intelligent. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would see. I would say it makes you more awake. Mm-hmm. Um, but cleanses your stomach. Cleanses your stomach. Uh, helps in weight loss. That right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Improves cardiovascular health. Right. Powerhouse of antioxidants. Yeah. Remember what I was saying. You were saying yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, decreases diabetes risks. Uh, makes you age gracefully. What that is, yeah, but that's key. Key thing there is, it says under that section, having black coffee without sugar keeps your mind and body young. So it has to be without sugar. Right. So this is right. straight up black coffee. Black coffee. Strong, right. strong coffee. Yeah. Um, and then it makes you happy, reduces stress and depression, and protects against gout. There was also one of one of the things I think you missed. It said, oh, reduces risk of cancer. Oh wow. Uh, who knows how legitimate that is? Who but... knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Uh... Well, doctors drink coffee a lot. Do they can't? Do they get cancer? 
I think, you know, the, the main problem is people get too addicted to the caffeine in coffee. So if you can moderate that, mm-hmm. you can moderately drink coffee, maybe just one cup a day, eight right. ounce cup a day, right. or every other day or something, that would be fine. Right. And that and would I, be good. I think with any addictive chemical, it's well, the dopamine that pre- that it produces yeah. that are pretty, really, that are really unique, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's hard mm-hmm. to replace those kind of dopamine yeah, um, yeah. receptors. Right, right, right. You're right. Your dopamine receptors might be kind of like lowered in, in inhibited, was uninhibited or something like that. Uh, right. Where if those receptors don't fire off as much, right, you will not experience that same kick, or right. that same high, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Anybody in the medical field, we do not know what we're talking about. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't. don't uh, <laughs> yeah. But it says here, right here, coffee stimulates the central nervous system and increases the production of dopamine, serotonin, and uh, nor. Uh, noradrenaline and important neurotransmitters that elevate the mood speaking of which serotonin do you uh for the listeners i don't know how many of you guys know jordan peterson but he wrote a book called 12 rules for life uh sort of a uh popular intellectual thinker of our time Mm -hmm. um and offers he's i guess a father father type figure for a lot of people out there he is type of yeah yeah a lot of people and, call him that. yeah um very intellectual yeah. um a lot of people hate him too a lot of people do hate him because yeah. he got political right yeah he um, got a little what, bit political what i mean by that is i didn't mean he turned political i just mean mm-hmm. that he has opinions of his own that a lot of political people don't agree with right um but personally i love the guy mm-hmm. right the first time you showed me him yeah. uh with that um qbc um Mm. Or Channel 4, I think. Uh, I think it was Channel 4 um, with Kathy Newman. Kathy Newman. That interview, Yeah. Um, that is what made him popular. Yes. Really. That's what yeah, really skyrocketed his yeah. popularity. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, we can talk all day about Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, I am really happy that he decided to go public mm. on a lot of things. He, he yeah. used to be a professor yeah. um, at the University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And... He is a very, very intellectual man. Yes, um, absolutely. He he does his research. He yeah. reads a lot. Oh yeah. And at the same time, um, he connects to a lot of people. Yes. Uh, on a psychological level. Yeah. Um, and I recently just finished his book, Twelve Rules for Life. Yeah. Um, I read it. Still working on understanding things, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, a very complicated book. It is. If you you will need a dictionary on the side to sit <laughs> with just to read that book and understand even yeah. half of it. <laughs> it took me what. Uh, Three months, four months to finish yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the ideas are relatively simple, right? Um, but the concept, the the actual, not the concept, the the details behind it, um, the little yeah. the little details that kind of add to the full con- fuller concept, the complicated language, the the lexicon that he uses is just very it's out there. I once heard uh, Jordan Peterson say during an interview. That he rewrote every sentence in that book mm. at least five times. Really, I heard twelve times. Twelve times? I heard twelve times. Oh my god! Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Maybe, maybe it was his second book. He has a, he has another book called Maps, Maps of Meaning. Meaning. Maybe yeah, that, maybe that one. He was working on that before. Uh, twelve was for life. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big book. Definitely. I'm afraid to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a the audiobook I think is like 31 hours. Jeez, man. yeah. And with his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I was listening to his, one of his interviews, and my mom walks in, and she's like, I'm tired of that voice. Please turn it off. He's, he's got a really annoying voice. And I'm like, really? I like his voice. It's a good voice. It, it yeah. really is. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing how many people he's touched yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, uh, what I like about him is that 
he has these different perspectives that makes you think mm. and his terminology and his way of speaking really gets you to uh think about reality itself yeah um, reevaluate a lot of your beliefs he, too he does he makes yeah. you think a lot yeah and that's good yeah um because he he has this message about you, you know just uh getting your shit together Mm-hmm. That's his message, basically. Right. Um, and he has the experience on uh, individual uh, um, conflict because he's been through a lot. Right. And he right. used to be a psychotherapist, private practice, right? Right. So like, he, I think clinical psychologist. Clinical psychologist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so he has firsthand experience, uh, from what I know, right. uh, with dealing with you know the, the human psyche. And, and yeah. just dealing with dark, deep things of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very much a the real deal. Yeah, he's, he's the guy to tell yeah. you, you know, um, what exactly you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, great mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. Very um, genuine guy. Very genuine. Very genuine. Uh, family guy. Uh, very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter went through like a, a horrible a disease. Yeah, and um, he's he's gone through that. Um, but what do you think about him? Yeah, so the reason I brought him up was we were talking about serotonin. Um, and in his book, I wanted to segue into this topic a little bit. Um, and uh, serotonin here, the, uh, the definition, a compound pres- uh, present in blood platelets and serum, mm-hmm. which cons- which constricts the blood vessels and acts as a neurotransmitter. Okay. Um, that isn't... Uh, that doesn't really, really say what it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a really medical term right there. Right, right. But what do you, what is it exactly? So I remember Peterson actually mentioned this in I think it was the second chapter or maybe it was the first chapter. I don't know. It was probably the first chapter of his book about the lobsters. Was that? Yeah, about the lobsters. And so he the premise of the first chapter was that you need to stand up straight with your uh, shoulders back. Yeah, shoulders back. Yeah. Yep. I was gonna say back straight or back something. Back straight. Yeah. But. Um, the, the premise of this chapter was something along the lines of there are dominance hierarchies in all of life, in all of reality, in the whole universe, meaning nothing is inherently equal if left on its own or if left to itself, if it was free. So what you're saying is a hierarchy is like a, a scale of some sort. Like there's, there's a ladder yeah. to build upon. Yes. Or to climb. Yes. yes. It's a ladder to climb. Okay. Um, in an organization, for example, there's a lot of people at the bottom and there's one CEO. Okay. okay? That CEO is at the top of that hierarchy. Mm. Okay. And I think socially it, it uh, applies too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more attention you can garner, probably the more socially, you know, um, mm. uh the more dominant you are or yeah. the more of a uh, uh, higher status human being you are, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, now, serotonin, what he says... Okay, so actually, let me, let's me let go back to the idea of a dominance hierarchy or like a hierarchy in general. Okay. okay. All things in nature, the nature of nature itself is not equality of outcome. Meaning... Things are not going to be equal. So examples of this, right? It appears everywhere in nature, okay? Let's start off with stars, okay? Okay. Okay. So we have stars. Yep. Some are bigger, some are smaller, okay? 
the bigger stars have a bigger gravitational pull. Therefore, they can pull in more gravi- they can pull in more mass, okay? Sure. And that will allow them to get bigger. Okay. Which will therefore again increase their gravitational mass, which again allows them to make to attract more matter or more, you know, uh, material. Right. So, but smaller stars, they don't have that opportunity or it, it's harder for smaller stars to grow like that when they're forming. Okay. okay? Uh, it's it's kind of like the more money you have, the more easily you can make money. Makes sense. Okay? Uh, because it's like a, uh, a positive feedback loop, right? Um, so now this is applied in many different aspects okay if you go to the brazilian rainforest you have certain trees that are larger than other trees well guess what with those larger trees they end up blocking off sunlight to the trees beneath them or to the the trees right next to them that are shorter right their leaves stretch over those other trees so they don't get sunlight right and that causes the the uh, growth of those smaller trees to be stunted, right. whereas this tree is hogging all the sunlight and it keeps growing. Right, that causes inequality in nature. By uh, nature, by nature, nature this is this. this is nature, yeah. right? This is not a uh, um, uh, created thing. So um, now, this can be applied to lobsters as well, and that's I think the main animal that he applies it to. He okay. did, yeah. Uh, so he says lobsters, they fight for territory, okay? They, you know, they, uh, it's like, uh, it's like imagine animals fighting for territory, okay? Uh-huh. So male lobsters will fight for territory, and then one male lobster ends up getting the majority of the territory, okay? Because he has the majority of the territory, mm-hmm. he's a winner. He's right. at the top of this hierarchy because yeah. he has the most territory. He's the alpha he's lobster. The, he's the alpha lobster, let's put it that way, yep. okay? Now... Because he has accumulated all this territory and he's a winner, mm-hmm. he must have the best genes. Okay. okay. He gets all the lady lobsters. All the, A lot of the lady lobsters, mm. they find him attractive because right. he was able to get the most territory. He's the, he's so to speak, the winner. Okay. Right. So uh, what happens uh, is, you know, these lady lobsters, they, they, I think they spray some sort of scent to calm down the male lobster. Okay. Uh, and then they end up reproducing with that lobster. Yeah. So the premise of that was not only does this lobster get all the territory, he gets all the ladies. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, so it, it gravitates towards one thing, and all the other lo- male lobsters they lose. Okay. <laughs> it's like they don't, you know. <laughs> right. So the idea behind this is that even in nature, lobsters who have been here, I think, longer than us, mm-hmm. to be honest, like 350 you know, million years. About quite a while ago, yeah. right? Um, even they we're abiding by this social darwinism style so to speak yeah yeah of of just a way of living yeah um so what they were doing was in order to survive as a species um they need to create this dominant hierarchy yeah and for this hierarchy there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers mm-hmm. with that in mind the winners get most of the benefits right um so what this said there is obviously inequality between lobsters right right there's the alpha one and we'll call the other one beta ones right right um so between the alpha and the beta lobsters the alpha lobster 
um, is seen as having the best genes, right? Because mm. why else would he be uh, able to win? He probably has a win. better chemical balance, you know, hormonal right. balance or whatever, Who knows? which allows him to be more aggressive or something. He's probably bigger. Right. Whatever reason, he was able to win the territory. But he's a winner. And, well, yeah, and, and that's where most yeah. lady lobsters stop, right? There's like right. winner. Yeah. Here we go. This yeah. guy's got the genes. He's yeah. going to lead our species. He's yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a harsh environment, this is this is the kind of lobster that you want to reproduce with because right. that's going to end up uh, you know leading to better uh, you know genes being passed along into the next generation, which will right. likely lead to uh, the lobster's survival or the crustacean survival. Right. And um, I think it worked, to be honest, because they're still around today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's no doubting that. Oh, yeah. Um, so that kind of system is in nature mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah. Um, not just not just for sexual reproduction, but just generally speaking, there's also uh, hierarchies everywhere, right? Like we were talking about stars, trees, yeah. um, nature. You know, if you want to um, create equality in terms of anything... Yeah. You are naturally going to have to suppress some people, and you're going to have to overinflate other people. Okay, so that kind of sounds mean. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. But so what I mean by this in is okay. Let's say we're let's go back to the topic topic of the trophy generation, right? Sure. Uh, so we have a generation now that's kind of like everyone gets a trophy, everyone gets a medal. Right. If you play a sport, let's in sports say. and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um. There's a clearly defined winner or a clearly defined loser, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, all things being equal, I told you in the last podcast that when I was playing soccer as a kid, I was the worst player on the team. Right. Um, I did not deserve a trophy or a medal. Yeah. Uh, and I know the other kid probably deserved two. <laughs> right. In fact, take my medal, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you deserve this, you know. Yeah. So, um, but we each got one medal. Right. And what that did is that what I meant by suppressing him, that, that kind of suppressed him, and overinflated me. Uh, so Do you, you see what I'm saying? You're now? saying the resources were kind of, uh, they were not rewarded to the the right person. Yes, and and if it was uh, nature, it, let's say we were fighting in nature for resources. Yeah. The winner would get the majority of the resources, correct? Because he did the most work. The most work, where maybe he played it the smartest. Maybe if we're talking about evolutionary times, all the way back in the day when it was just survival of the fittest, you know. Right. In that case, yes, whoever got the most resources by just outthinking their opponent, or you know, working the hardest, meaning like they went out the most to hunt, they went out, right? They, they went through longer hours of you know whatever. Back in the tribal days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. They would get an unequal amount of resources. They would, you know, win that sort of a thing. Okay, that's very much like a merit system. It's a merit system, yes. Now, if you wanted to equalize things... Yes. Because for moral moral reasons, let's say. Yeah. Let's say, you know, there are people out there who think, okay, well, everyone deserves, you know, what they have. Why can't we equally share these resources? Right. You know, you're a human being. You have a right to all those resources. Yes. Okay. Um, what that does is 
like I said, suppresses the people who, you know, the guy who, you know, worked his ass off to make that. It does suppress him, yeah. And it overinflates the person who should be working harder to make that. Right, so it's kind of making it fair, but it's kind of unfair to that guy. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's also unfair to that guy, yes. right? Now, we can balance this out and say, well, we don't have to, you know, give all of his resources or all of, you know, the, the people who earn their resources to everyone else. Right. We can give some of it to some other people just at least so that they can live you know like come on yeah. don't be heartless it's a very uh uh natural thing to do i think yes yeah now this can be this idea can be connected okay to well okay so in order to redistribute that resource you need some sort of control form okay you know you need someone to go and take those resources from the guy who got them and give them to the other tribe who maybe didn't get them. Okay. Or or give or equally share it amongst the tribes. Right. You need some authority figure. But if you did not have an authority figure and you had freedom, okay. Yeah. Uh, from that authority figure, you had freedom to be able to do you know conduct your own uh, resource you know gathering. Yeah. Let's say. And nobody stepped in. Okay. Things would not be equal. Right. Because it's the nature of nature to create inequalities. Right. Um, now, if the nature of nature is to create inequalities, okay, we can apply this to economics as well, by okay. the way. Uh, capitalism, socialism, communism, that sort of thing. Right. In capitalism, it's a, you know, in a free society, mm -hmm. people who make certain decisions will gather more resources financially. Yep. You know, certain jobs pay more, yes. so, uh, but to get those jobs, you might have to work longer hours, harder, you know, more yeah. education, everything like that. Okay. Um, uh, when you work all that, when you work that long, you make more money, but when you make more money and if you choose to invest it properly, you can grow that money yeah. and make even more. When you make more money, you can invest all that money again and make even more money. Okay. It becomes kind of like a positive feedback loop. Right. If you make the right choices. If you make the wrong choices, that money will leave you. Right. Okay. Now, um, you know, the authority figure in this case would yeah. be the government. Okay. The government has to come in and tax people. Yes. Okay. Now, this is where tax policy and everything like that comes in. Where right. it's like, I think it's really complicated. That's when it gets very complicated. Yeah. You know, like some people say tax the rich more and feed the poor. Right. Right. You always hear that. Yeah, and yeah. so so, and I'm not I'm not advocating yes or no, or I'm not saying yes or no to that. Right. I'm not saying anything. I'm just observing. It's, I'm just making observations. It's worth analyzing. Yeah, it really is. So um, so now uh, let's say that's that's the authority figure that's coming in. Yes. Into nature and trying to equalize things. Right. Right. But that without that authority figure, you would have freedom, complete freedom. Yeah. And with that authority figure, you would have less freedom to a certain degree. Yeah, I think the idea of a government stepping in made humans uh, more civil. Mm -hmm. um, so people would argue that having that hierarchy system of social Darwinism mm -hmm. uh, leads to uh, a tyrannical type of uh, you know environment. Right, right. So it can lead to dictatorships and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know... It pretty much becomes like a bad thing for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think the idea of a government stepping in makes everything more civil. Right. But there are sacrifices to be made. Yes. Um, I don't know. Because America, 
what's the politi- political stance of America? Is it, it's a democracy? Or so 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 America is yeah America is oh well it's a it's a uh, is it like a constitutional what's the it's a re- constitu it's a representative representative like uh, government. government meaning it's not a pure democracy okay uh, if it's pure democracy then every vote would literally count just as popular vote that's it okay but we send representatives to DC right and that is our you know so it's more of like a representative type government. Okay. Um, but it is still kind of a democracy, you know what I mean? Right. Now, uh, in terms of economics, okay. America is much more capitalist than any other nation out there. That makes pretty sense. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, it is more, we call ourselves, you know, the whole, the beginning of America, it's all about freedom, right? Yep. Freedom without, you know, big tyrannical government taxation without representation that authority figure coming in and telling you know you how how much you should pay in taxes and without re- being represented in government. Right. There's not total freedom, but there is a lot more freedom than other countries. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And that's where um, people say that you know innovation was allowed to blow up because a lot of the things. Okay, if all all the major innovations were either invented here or if they weren't invented here, then they were mass produced here first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which why? Why? You know, we set up a proper system of, we have law, right? We have proper rules. We have private property rights and things like that yeah. that protect our property from, you know, theft and everything uh, of that sort. Yeah. Uh, we have certain rights that cannot be taken away from us. Yes. Okay. And we've set up a system where it's freedom, where everyone is free to do their own thing, to start their own business, to get their own venture, to whether they want to, you know, go to educate themselves, how much they want to educate themselves, what business, if they do start a business, what do they want to produce? You know, if you produce things well and you provide for the customer well, then, well, great. Then, you know, your business will thrive because you will be making profit. Yes. You can reinvest that profit into your company and grow that company. Yeah. Through many various ways. Very okay? straightforward. Well, straightforward, yeah. straight right? Um, and, and so what allowed... In my opinion, and what I can see is what allowed America to really grow and blow up. Uh, the main factor—I'm not saying this is the only factor—was right. the freedom, okay, and the this encouragement of of uh, uh, business opportunities, so to speak. Uh, you know, now obviously, if you go too much onto that side, capitalism, completely free market, without government stepping in and having any authority, then it is very it can, it can get dangerous right monopolies can be created yeah it can get very nasty really quick yeah companies can take advantage corporations can take advantage like they did in the past with uh, uh, the like during the robber you know when the robber barons were around yeah there were companies like the the electric company and the phone line companies they were uh-huh. very monopolized right so that's right, when government right. stepped in yeah do you yeah. think that government is necessary in those cases absolutely yeah okay yeah, yeah. Um, to break apart monopolies 100% right um you know, but they should be promoting healthy business. They should pr- be promoting uh, freedom, but freedom to freedom and the opportunity to start whatever they want. Okay. Right? Um, and this is that's why they call it the land of opportunity, right? Yeah. The American dream. You know. Yeah. Um, now, what is it easy to do? Probably not, you know, it's really not. Um, but 
the reason they say America was so great was because of this, you know, free, besides freedom of, you know, this opportunity and everything, there was uh, freedom of religion, you know, freedom of speech and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, it's essentially freedom. Yeah. You know, but uh, we segued very hard through that topic. I just, I honestly, I, I consider myself someone who tries to connect the dots in, through everything. Yeah. Uh, we started off with serotonin and Jordan Peterson and dominance hierarchies. Yeah, so Parth took us to from Jordan <laughs> Peterson to lobsters, to uh, hierarchies, to economics, to politics, and then now we're where are we at right now? History of America. History of America. <laughs> it's all connected, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes sense. It honestly does. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, growing up in America, I was born here in California, right? Right, me too. And um, growing up, I didn't notice how privileged I was Uh in general. Right, right. Um, I never really questioned my rights. I never looked at other countries and how they were doing. Absolutely. Kids my age. Absolutely. Um, Most people our age don't really take the time to notice that. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think I, that's something that I've been dying to like mm-hmm. really say, you know, yeah. is I think especially, and I, I'm just going to say it, I think especially a lot of young college students who are very, very much on the left do not have, a lot of them do not have a real, real, real perspective or appreciation or even appreciation for what they really have now we experienced that firsthand yeah, yeah it's more of like the system is corrupt everything is wrong but what you don't realize is go out of america yeah. you will see that it's the best thing that there is and has ever happened you're gonna step back in our walls real quick yeah very yeah. much so uh go to a country like india well, that's where i'm from you will see so much corruption because there is no protection by the law. Right. There are police officers; they're corrupt. You know, there are there was a, there's a a drug a major drug epidemic happening in one of the states in India where kids are doing these drugs, heroin and things like that. And cops they will come and confiscate these drugs, and they will literally instead of just confiscating them, yeah, they will resell them for a profit to right. other kids. Right. Now, that's not solving the problem. That's corruption. That's pure corruption because the society has taught its people that it's okay to do this. And it's, in fact, not okay. It is applauded. You know why? Because you're considered smart if you can, um, if you're street smart and if you can outsmart the other person and make money and survive in a very harsh reality and world. Become a devious and deception. Become a devious and deceptive person. But in this country, it's not that. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say there is no deception because there is. Right. It's human nature. People on the left would argue that stuff like that is happening in this country where right. there are corrupt uh, authoritative figures right, right. and, you know, people are doing drugs here and there. Yeah. And we had a big issue in L.A. with sure. uh, a bunch of the drug gangs, things like that. Sure. Um, you know, we had the mafia here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back yeah. in the day of the 20s and 30s. That was yeah. a big crime wave. Yeah. Um, so I think... In perspective right now, mm-hmm. uh, things are a lot safer here. Yeah, comparatively speaking. Yeah, Compared yeah. to where yeah. your family is from, which is from India. Right, right. Um, and especially in countries like Russia and China and yeah, and Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Things are terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was... Uh, Jordan Peterson actually talked about this. You know, there was the, the Gulag Archaeology 
Archipelago? Archipelago. Archipelago? Archipelago? Yeah, something, something, something along those lines. Uh, where the story goes something like this in the Ukraine, I think it was, right? The Soviets uh, were taking over the Ukraine and um, trying to sort of force a system of communism and equal you know, financial resources and everything that, right. of that sort onto the Ukrainians. Okay? Right. And there was a class of farmers in that country mm-hmm. that was making a lot of money because they were farming for the people there. They were considered a high class, I think. Yeah. And they took everything away from they, them. They, they took everything away from those people and, and they, they slaughtered them. Yeah. yeah, they slaughtered them. Because um, you know, their wealth was seen as an oppression toward other people. Towards other people, yes. Yeah. Now... What happened was the farmers are gone now. So the country starved and six million people starved to death. Yeah. The Soviets had to literally put up posters that said, remember, yeah, Yeah. remember, it's not okay to eat your children. Yeah. This is how bad it got. And people don't realize this. You know, what you have is, is something much better. Now, I'll tell you, I had a friend once who said, well, what you're telling me is incorrect because... Mm. Not factually speaking, I'm not saying about the the what I just talked about the okay. the kula or the uh, right. He's just saying that he doesn't agree with you. Yeah, he just disagrees with me because yeah. what he said was, imagine you're in a hospital and let's say you have a disease. Sure. Okay. Can you say can, can me as a relative of you can I tell you, hey, look at the guy right next to you. Look at he. You have yeah. You have like an allergy, allergic reaction. But look at this guy. He's having a heart attack. Okay. You should be thankful that you have an allergic reaction instead of that, mm-hmm. because we're talking comparison, right, amongst yeah. other countries. Um, what he was trying to say is essentially that, you know, America still has problems. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean we're a perfect country, and that it's not okay to say that. Look at us, like we're way better than everyone else. Right. Uh, comparatively speaking, and. I see where exactly where he's coming from, yeah. I, and I also agree with him. But there is a certain part. There's a certain uh, part of it. It's where it's like at least I have an appreciation for what I have, right? And I think it's let's let's we're, the country is consistently getting better and better and better. It's okay. improving itself, right. right? If you go back a hundred years ago, let's say one hundred fifty years ago, um, civil war, you know. We're fighting over slavery. I mean, we've come a lot. We've come a very long way since then. All right. Um, we're consistently growing and developing, but I think what separates Americans is pine. It's we're kind of like pioneers. Okay. And I don't mean that in just like a literal sense of like we manifest destiny, like we conquered the land. You know, right. it's more of a pioneer in a in a bold and adventurous kind of way. Right. We think differently in the sense that just because no one else has tried it doesn't mean it's not going to work, and we're going to give it a shot. Okay. For example, the founding fathers, right? They said, you know, we're going to create a completely different setup for our government. Yeah. Never before seen in the world. Right. Doesn't does it is going to work? I don't know, yeah, but we're going to give it a shot. Yeah. We're pioneers, kind they're, of a thing. They were like, this monarch system doesn't work. Let's try yes. something else. Yes. Not afraid to try something new, yeah. which is. I would argue the American spirit. Okay. Pioneers, you know, of, mm. of new things. Okay. The, you know, the car, uh, the, what was it called? The, not the locomotive, the... Uh, the uh, combustion engine? Combustion the engine, I think. Wasn't that, in, that was invented in America, right? It Henry was. Ford, uh, Henry mass, Ford. Mass produced that one first. Yeah. Um, 
the airplane, the Wright brothers. Yeah. Um, the internet that was created by the U.S. government, I think. Um, I think Berkeley had a, a play in that. Oh yeah, I, I thought it was. I think it was UCLA and Stanford. So they sent like messages back and forth. Yeah, originally yeah. it was just a uh, a platform where data could be transferred. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, numbers, yeah. Just like zeros and ones. Uh, right. 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 Um, and then it it grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I do agree with you that most innovation is encouraged. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Um, that's pretty evident. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, we have a lot of American companies like Tesla. That's a great yeah. company that, have, that originated in America. Right, right, right. And, um, you know, Ford, other companies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Google. Google is American, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Mac, too. Or Apple. Apple. Yeah, yeah Apple's for sure American. Apple's for sure American. Um, now, look, you can say that America's the greatest strength of America is its military. You can say it's its politics. Mm. I would argue it's its economics. Okay. Uh, the business, sense. you know, that, that it's created around the world, the influence that it's reaching in terms of economics. Yeah. Apple products are everywhere in the world now, you know? Um, yeah, they're huge. You know, that's, that's, uh, people are, the second language or the third language in many different countries is English. Um, you yeah. know, I know schools in India are, they're going from, uh, uh, they have separate schools for people who want to learn in English yeah. so that they can go to an English-speaking university. Yeah. So they can go to uh, places like uh, Oxford in the UK or whatever, yeah. or they can go to any U- U.S. Uh, university. You know? Right, yeah. It's um, like Japan, too. Like the yeah. English is a, a very well-encouraged language. Right, right. Um, it's like a second yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, products like, I'm sure, Coca-Cola... Yeah. Things like that, you know. Th- th- this is the American influence. It's economic, sort of speak, so to speak, um, yeah. and c- language too. You know, like that. Language, yeah. That's that's a different type of influence around the world. People want to. Uh, what's hip, I think, generates in America, okay. a lot of the times. Okay. Yeah. And people catch on to that. They're always watching America. It's like, sure. Oh yeah. What what are the people in America doing? Yeah, you know? celebrities. Things what, like yeah, that. What's, yeah. What's what's the hip thing? Hollywood. You know, that's yeah. also the number one movie industry in the world. In the world yeah it's crazy yeah. yeah it's english is it's a hard language yeah <laughs> <laughs> for people who are not born with it yeah it's yeah. a hard hard language yeah i found yeah. um because I, I know a few people who are from mexico yeah and uh, they say it's extremely hard to learn english uh-huh. um because it's just so weird you have so many words yeah. that mean different things yeah uh, like there's who's who's and who's uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! You're bringing me back to grammar school. I know, man. right? <laughs> the, the subject I was crap at. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, it's a in English in general. An American is like a it's a high end label, right? It it represents yeah. wealth. It represents high status. It represents uh, the American dream. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think many people want that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, our grandparents. They understood that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, many uh, grandparents understood that, and now, you know, uh, they're migrating here. Oh yeah. People are still migrating here. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're trying very, very hard. Uh, they have refugees from Mexico, refugees from right. uh, Syria. The whole uh, business that's going on down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a crazy thing. Crazy, crazy thing. Um, do you think America? is um a corrupt 
system like you know mm. congress and being and, mm. and political mm. like do you think all of this is um is it a dependable system in terms of capitalism and in terms of uh you know the gridlock between the three major systems in politics mm. judicial um uh congress executive and, uh, executive and, and, and legislation, legislation. Yeah. yeah um that's a complicated question i can tell you that but i will tell you this it has gotten us farther than, like I was saying before, other countries. Yeah, no other country has tried this system, and it hasn't worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's such a unique system that America is. has. Yeah. Uh, I think we pride ourselves on being different. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to a few German exchange students, uh, and they were saying how, why is it that America's system is just so... Di- and it, almost kind of like a spiteful way, like... Oh yeah. Like why is why is America's system so different? Why is you know the rest of the world is on the metric system for measurements and you guys have like the <laughs> foot and the yard and, and it's like what is that you this know is pounds get this out it, here. The, the, what, what is a pound you know and, and uh, why is the the steering wheel on the left side of the car instead of the right side you know it's almost kind of like a hating a, and I'm, you know I, in my perspective I'm like we just we're different yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, don't ask why, but this is just the way America functions and works. You know, I think part of it is we just want to be separate from the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. In a certain sense. I definitely think that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, to a certain degree, yeah. We are stepping. Um, it is a certain way of influencing. It's it's it, That's the way I see it, at least. I. It's, it's like an American... I'm not saying this is for sure. I'm not saying that that's the reason we're on the metric system. I'm not at all. But We were just raised here, to be honest. It, yeah. We're, we're just a couple of homeland guys just sure. talking sure. about like what we grew up with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is what we grew up with, right? Like, I don't care. Uh, this system, I'm comfortable with it, and I'm fine with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. We don't have to conform to what the rest of the world is doing, right? right? Um, but why haven't we? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think we haven't because America needs to stay unique, and it needs to have possibly, its own yeah. his own way. Very possible, yeah, um, absolutely. Because what's what's so unique in America that isn't that is taboo in other countries? Um, what's so unique here? That um, is taboo. I know capitalism. That's one thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's taboo in other countries. That's taboo in other Talk other about like Venezuela, <laughs> communist China, Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, what else is like taboo in other countries? Um, uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Not much thing come to mind. We're not uh, high-class individuals. We're like middle-class, yeah, yeah. working people. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I was going to say, we live... Um, can we can we say, we, like, in the area of uh, Southern oh, California? Oh, I'm, I'm fine, yeah. Uh, so, we live in Southern California, yeah. and um, it's very crowded here. Yeah. Uh, we're not in the city, but we're yeah. like, a, we're like a 40 miles away kind of thing. Yeah, and um, you know what we see here, what we experience is a lot of wealth. Yeah, we experience a lot of wealth uh, mm-hmm. through the buildings, through the mm-hmm. companies that are here. Like in downtown LA, you have companies like uh, we have all the banks. That's one thing for sure. Right, right, right. Uh, just up the road and and uh, down the freeway, the one on one, you have Hollywood. Right. Um, that's a big company there. Uh-huh. That has multiple companies. Um, Dude, you know they say that Goldman Sachs controls the world with their money. I, number one bank yeah yeah that's, that's an american bank that's it is an american sure. bank yeah um that's that's another i guess influence if that's uh is banking unique to america like the the banking system we have 
It's so complex. Uh no, I don't think no? I think I think banking in general has been done before. Everywhere else. Yeah, everywhere else as well. Okay. Yeah. What, uh, what about real estate? I think real estate isn't that unique here. No. No. What do you mean? What do you mean by real estate? I mean real estate in terms of like getting a loan uh, from like a bank, like a mortgage. Uh, uh to be honest, I'm not too sure. Okay. But I th- I know I I'm pretty sure banks were lending out loans before that. Okay. Just not as maybe not with as many caveats to it. Maybe not as many. Um, rules and regulations to it okay and maybe they didn't create as many different financial products as america has you know right. through like uh and like all these financial derivatives and stuff like that yeah but, all the complex stuff yeah the things that led to the recession of 2008 right um or the great recession yeah as you can tell i don't travel much i <laughs> <laughs> stay in california yeah um <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting to think about how America, it's not better, right? But it's definitely different than other countries. And a lot of other countries mm. are like, why do you, why do you do this? Mm. It's mm. so weird. Mm. Like, um, why do you have bacon and eggs in the morning? <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, like we eat uh, like rice and uh-huh. other uh-huh. stuff. China would say probably. Um, it's it's a different lifestyle here. Yeah. Um, is it better? Yeah. I don't know. Is it safer? Depends who you're comparing it to. Yeah. Uh, I know Japan's a lot safer than America. Okay. Um, I've heard that from uh, people mm. who have visited Japan. Mm. They say it's a lot safer. Okay. Uh, what they mean by that is there's less crime. Uh, okay. You can feel comfortable carrying a lot of money on the street. Okay. Um, and law enfor- Is it because of law enforcement or people just don't? I think it's the culture there. Okay. It's just the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very polite culture. It's it's a very, oh is it yeah oh, okay. that's what I hear. Okay. I haven't been, but I hear it's a very yeah welcoming type of culture. Right. Okay. Uh, it's very polite. What I mean by that is everybody has manners. Right. Um, it's a lot more civil. Okay. And um, you can just have a a, a very good time there. Right. Right. Um, you know they say that, um, for America. We have 6% of the world's population, Yeah. but we have about a third of the world's wealth. It's about 30% of the world's wealth. It's a lot of wealth. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but that just shows you, you know, in America, yeah, you... Okay. We are pretty much in... You know they say the top 1%. I'm not saying everyone in America is the top 1% right. in the whole world. But we have that hierarchy. But we do. We are way high up on that hierarchy if you compare ourselves to the world. Okay. If you go to, again, places like India, you know, Afri- African countries, you'll see a lot of poverty there. Yeah. You will see a lot of poverty, lack of opportunity. And the saddest thing is, when I was in India one time, um, my grandpa actually has this... Uh, little mansion that he built in the middle of a forest. I guess a mile into a forest, not the middle of a forest. Okay. So we drive a little mile into the forest, and we reach his house, and there's animals on the side, peacocks, tigers, and things like that. You have to be really careful. Oh, why not? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> tigers, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so now, as you exit the the trail and go back to the village where the trail starts, as soon as I exit, I remember this one time, as soon as I exited the um, that trail on my right side, there was a little girl, probably around four years old, I'm guessing. Okay. And her younger brother, which was, he was probably three. Okay. You know, uh, or maybe she was six and he was four or something like that. Very, right. very young. No clothes at all. Very, very skinny. Crushing peppers. 
no one watching them no no parents no adult supervision now you will not see something like that in america yeah okay yeah not with children not with children. um and the worst part is you could tell these people they are looking for opportunities uh-huh. they're so willing to work yeah. so many of them yeah but the opportunity is lacking there's no system there like america's where there's protection of private property um law uh things where you know again opportunities essentially you know opportunities opportunity to work to get educated right to um pursue something yeah everyone's looking out for themselves there right it's amazing to me how people today are very much against america in America. In America. Yeah. That's the worst part. Yeah. It's it, like the people on the left, mm-hmm. most of them, right. uh, they just don't like the system in general. Yeah. Uh, so they try to change a lot of the, the policies and, yeah. and the legislation. Um, like I, I recently read an article uh, about that new Democratic leader, uh, Cortez, Alexander. Alexandria Oscario Cortez. I, I think that's her right? name. Yeah. It's a big name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very diverse individual, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, bonus points right. for the left. Right. Um, she wanted to propose a plan that taxed eighty percent of the rich for taxes or something like okay. that. Okay, I think it was seventy percent. Seventy percent? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what it was. Big percent. But still, still, yeah. yeah regardless, <laughs> that is a huge percent. Huge okay. percent. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't like it to be honest. Um, I don't think it will fix anything to be honest. I think it's pe- more people will get pissed off. I think so. I think so. Um, I'm not against taxing the rich, um, but not that much. Okay. That is, I I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. That is, you're not going to accomplish anything but switch our economy to more of a socialist type system. And that, in my opinion, maybe, I mean, okay, look, maybe America's at the point where we are ready for that type of system now. Okay. Because we are... Uh, at a place where we produce so much and our lives are so comfortable that it's it's about time that we look at the more more moral side of it. Right. Where it's like, okay, it's not going to be too bad if we switch slightly to the left in terms of economics. We switch a little bit more socialist, right? Okay. Because there are people who, you know, if we redistribute wealth now, it will be a little bit better. Right. Okay. Maybe we're at that point. I Who's to say? I don't who's know. Who's to say? What scares me the most is mm. who's to, who defines who's rich. Yes, that's 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 uh, the government. By, right? Is it by number? It, it is by uh, income per year, and there's tax brackets, right? Um, I'm assuming she's talking about the top tax bracket. I assume so too. I'm so 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 people. So okay. So the idea is, I think I think currently there are four tax brackets, if I'm not incorrect. What is a tax bracket? So so the idea is, everybody makes income. Sure. Um and. If you fall within a certain range, yes. you fall into a certain tax bracket. Meaning okay. if you are in that bracket, if you make between uh, X and Y amount of money. You have to pay this amount of income tax. Yes, okay. percentage-wise. Percentage-wise. It's a percentage. Um, and if, you, you know, if you're in a different tax bracket, you pay a different percentage. Right. Okay. Now there's progressive tax rates. Yeah. And you know, I think there's flat tax rates and there's regressive. Okay. Progressive tax rates are where the percentage after every tax bracket goes up. Sure. Meaning the richer you are, the higher percentage you pay for your taxes. Right. Okay? If it's a flat tax, 
well, you're still into tax brackets, but you all pay. Oh, well, they're not really into a tax bracket. Everyone pays the same like percentage, technically. Okay. Okay. Of yeah. tax of tax. whatever they make. Sure. A regressive tax is where uh, it's the exact opposite of a progressive tax, where the bottom pays a higher percentage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, why do why that seems kind of like stupid, right? Counterintuitive, why why yeah. counterintuitive, right? Actually, it's not. Hmm. Think about this, okay? Okay. We have a flat tax, okay, let's say. Sure. Everyone pays the same tax. Yep. If I make a million dollars a year, and let's say the tax rate, the flat tax rate is 15%. Yeah. You're, okay. Someone else who doesn't make a million dollars has to pay that same amount. Well, yes. well, not have to pay that same amount because it's percentage. So so if I'm making a million dollars, I would pay 150000 based on that 15% oh, tax rate. percentage, okay. Right, right. So, if, But if somebody was making $100,000... They don't pay one hundred fifty thousand. They pay fifteen thousand. Yeah, less. Right, but they're going to pay less. But the tax rate is the same. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But so now, if it's a progressive tax rate, is it is it fair for richer people to pay a higher percentage? Right. Why? Why? If I make a million dollars, should I pay a twenty percent tax rate and pay two hundred thousand instead? And why the guy who makes a hundred thousand? Should pay like I don't know fifteen percent or let's say kind you get what I'm issue, saying. Yeah. Uh, if you pay, if it's regressive, then you're moving more towards everyone pays equal amount of tax, like num- numerical tax. Sure. You see what I'm saying? I now? see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how much money you make, now right. people are against that, and I understand why they're against that. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it may not be fair. You know, uh, but uh, I know people on the left are very uh, progressive tax rate, meaning tax the rich a lot more. Uh, redistribute that wealth. Yeah. Uh, but I don't necessarily think the redistribution will work because there's not enough wealth. Even in the top 1%, you take all their money and you use it towards social programs, help people, this, that. It's not going to be enough to fund all of that stuff. Money is not going to solve the problem. It will not solve the problem. No. Just like Jordan Peterson says, clean up your own room first before you you know, try to fix society. Right. It's not necessarily society that's the problem. In any nature... The nature of nature itself is to create inequalities. That that includes financial inequalities. Right. Some people will work a little harder. I'm not saying that this is purely true. What I am saying is, um, I think parts of it are true. It, Money it, won't yeah. solve anything. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that it's a hundred percent. You know, uh, everyone's that that there's no problems in society that keeps people down. Uh-huh. I do think that there are some problems, right? Like people will be suppressed and, you know, things like that. But it's not as much as the left would like to claim. Sure. Uh, the radical left especially, right. you know, um, at least in my perspective. Yeah. Uh, I do think that people have a lot more power within their own life than they realize. And I, I just, I feel like I cannot believe anything else. Okay. I have to live my life accordingly because if I don't, if I keep blaming society, then... I'm powerless, and that leaves me open to a lot of other problems like depression and everything else, you know? Yeah. Um, too often, people blame society. Yeah. And I feel like most people on the left do that. Mm. It's this idea that, well, my suffering is a result mm-hmm. of this bad society. Yeah, or oppression. Or oppression. If, I th- if we fix this society, if we mm. band together and fix this society, yeah. my suffering will disappear. Yes. Um, that kind of mindset is, quote-unquote, from Jordan Peterson, wrong. 
<laughs> no. Wrong, bucko. Listen, bucko. You got it all wrong. Consider this. Consider that your suffering is real and uh-huh. you experience it every day. Uh, the way to fix it is to figure out what in your life individually uh, is causing that suffering. Right. Um, if you think it's oppression, if you think it's society, uh, try to pinpoint exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, if you think it's racism, mm-hmm. um, like maybe you didn't get a promotion because right. you were black or maybe you're a yeah. woman and you get paid less. Right. Um, I do think there are opportunities to overcome those. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just talked about a lot of things there. I talked about racism and yeah. I talked about the gender gap yeah. uh, issue. And, um, those are two, two separate issues we can talk about. Yeah. But, um, this idea of suffering resulting from society. Yeah. Um, I don't think that is a healthy mindset. Absolutely Because not. it's just yeah. going to make things worse and worse. Yes. Um, if you try to fix the society itself, um, you will eventually make everyone live a crappier life. Absolutely, yeah. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the problems people have are inner problems that can be solved through um, inner this inner turmoil that can be solved only by oneself. Right. You know, it's not the outside that always is causing the problem. Yeah. Um, there's a certain point at which you have to say it's not the outside; it's the inside. It's me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that the the society is not um the society is giving you every opportunity possible and this and that but a winner's mentality is one where you keep you you take all that happens to you as your fault whether it's good or bad so if something bad happens in your life well what did i do wrong yeah if something good happens in your life well what did i do right so i can repeat this process right um it's you are in control yeah. There was a... I don't know if you... Have you seen The Matrix? The series of The Matrix? A long time ago, yeah. So, Neo, uh, for our listeners, I don't know how many of you guys have seen The Matrix, but it's a very popular movie. Yep. Highly recommend you guys watch it. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. It, it will get you to think a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, this... Uh, this Okay, so, The Matrix, the one, right? Neo is the one. Sure. The, ca- the character, okay? Yeah. Why is he the one? He's the chosen one. Mm-hmm. he's the one because he believes that he is in control of his own life doesn't sure. matter what system he's in he's in a plugged in system of like he's in, he's plugged into the into the matrix might as well yeah. and all these other people they have these self-limiting beliefs that oh agents you know they're gonna you know they're impossible to kill they're impossible to even punch they're practically in you know whatever yeah all this stuff but what they don't realize is that this rule that agents cannot be touched, they're practically invincible, yeah. was created in a system. But, uh, but it's, it's literally where it's not reality. Sure. You're plugged in. It's all in the mind. Yeah. Um, so Neo unplugs technically by – or not unplugs, but he – uh, solves it. He becomes the one because he awakens. He awakens, and he's like, "This is all a mental game. It's yeah. everything is mental. Yeah. You know, I, I can, I can, uh, if I can have control over my mind, yeah, I have control over my entire life. 
and and he becomes the one and he has all these superpowers because no one else can understand what he understands which is this power right i don't know how we got into this topic did, okay so <laughs> yeah good movie by the way great movie. recommended 10 yes. out of 10 yeah it's internal issue we were on that yeah yeah um i guess you could say that you are the chosen one in your own life absolutely i so. okay so i i think everyone should live their life like it's a movie okay Everyone should. Right. Everyone get um, a camera. <laughs> look, go download a you know a movie soundtrack, <laughs> and whenever you're working out or whenever you're doing anything like yeah. that, listen to the movie soundtrack. You, Make everything epic. You, you love know. soundtracks. I love those, soundtracks. Those movie I love, soundtracks. I absolutely do. Yeah. And the reason I do is just because you know it's. I think it allows you to, you to immerse yourself into a different world. It's like, my life is a movie. Period. I don't. Right. I don't know. Uh, well, I don't care if it's like over dramatized or whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm walking to the kitchen to get a bottle of water or something, or like yeah. some water. I'm playing like epic music. If I'm like tired at night or something, I'm like, I need to get up and go get some water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we love drama. We love stories. That's <laughs> yeah, the, that's yeah. how the human mind works, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That actually can uh, dovetail really nicely into maps of meaning. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he talks about that a lot. Yeah, it's this idea of dramatization that really gets people thinking. It's it's back in the old days, Shakespeare, you know, yeah. made plays and stories, and people were very very interested. Right. Um, right. Biblical and, stories, you know, people. Yeah. You know, people wonder like why why. Uh, the whole Bible is a story. It's just like one yeah. complex ass story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, why are we so into movies, you know, superhero characters? Why do we love them so much? Yeah. Uh, it's because we want to be the hero of our own life. Yeah, you know? it's like a personification of just human beings in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you think about it, you know, heroes like Batman, one of the most popular heroes, oh, yeah. goes through a lot of mental trauma. His parents, he watches his parents die, you know, yeah. right in front of him. And then, it's, like, it's like too real. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's so real. And, yeah. you know, he has to overcome fear, his fear of bats. And yeah. that, you know, if you, uh, literally, if you listen to the Dark Knight movie soundtrack, you will feel like you're Batman. <laughs> you're going to be like, <laughs> I need to conquer this fear. <laughs> And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very important, I think. So anyways, going back to the biblical stories, right? Right. So complex. It's so hard to read. So much. Yeah. I think it's difficult to read. It's not an easy read, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Bible's got a lot of complex background stories and messages that it's trying to say. Absolutely. You know, Jordan Peterson, um, he likes to get all religious and spiritual in his book. Yeah, uh, twelve rules for life. I can imagine for maps of meaning. He's oh probably, yeah. Like, oh, much more. It's. I feel like it's even probably. more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so. <clears throat> what religion does, and it's a lot of stories. Yeah. It really is any religion, whether yeah. it be uh, Judaism, uh, Catholic, Catholicism, uh, even Orthodox. Yeah. Um, Buddhism. It's all just stories. Yeah. Just yeah. like ancient times of. Yeah. of, of of just myths and legends and, and yeah. psalms and stories. Yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy. Um, you so know, complex. do people ever wonder why that is, you know? It's... I feel like it helps helps people get through life. It gives them moral... Um, Morality. It, yeah, it gives yeah. them a sense of that. Yeah. It, g- it gives them a set of, like, a code to live by, you know? Right. Well, let's just take you and me, for example. 
Um, sure. People our age, yeah, they're not really religious. They're not spiritual as right, much. Right. Um, and there's a reason for that. Right. Um, there's something about religion that isn't appealing enough yeah. to young individuals like you and I. Uh huh. Um, I think it's because it's just way too complex. It's it's way too strict too as okay. well, uh, because every religion is very uh, dogmatic. Mm. So it's like our way or the highway. Right. Um, right. So there's that mentality, and and most people don't like that. Right. Um, you know, because people our age were very progressive. Right? Yeah. Normal, uh, typically, yeah. Yeah. Typically, that's the typical yeah. American young student, like very progressive. And, yeah. You know, just it's political things like that. Yeah. Um, I would argue, so I would argue that part of the reason we're not as religious as, as we were used to be yeah, um, stems a lot from the fact that we, we think we've solved, uh, we're, we've moved beyond that because religion is for lunatics, right? Yeah. It's all science now. <laughs> it's all about science. Yeah. But um, I think there's a certain amount of value that is lost from not following religion. You know, you don't have to blindly follow it. You don't have to be so strict in your following. It's, it's worth taking notice of. Yeah, take yeah. notice of it. Take a look at it. Understand what it's there for. And if you can substitute it with something else, do it. Because it's important, I think, to keep you going in a harsh reality. Yeah. You know? it's People need to understand that religion is a very old, old human thing. Yeah. And it has gotten humankind... Throughout history, yeah, uh, for the past like three thousand years or something, yeah, like that, yeah, it's gotten us through a lot. Oh yeah, uh, and that's that's worth taking a look at. Oh yeah, um, because back in the day, people were asking deep, deep questions. Yeah, they weren't concerned with like gravity, like how it works. Right, they, right. they were concerned with materialistic things. Yeah, people were very spiritual back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so crazy how much of an influence that has had in, yeah. in, in history. Mm. So, you know, you've got a lot of people against religion, like the atheists yeah. and people like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it's a good thing to be against religion, like to like shoot it down. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, it, it even helps us cope with, you know, con- the concept of death right oh yeah because what is there after death right a lot of people think if if you think purely scientifically then and from a completely purely only evolutionary aspect yeah we're just animals and we're just you know if we don't have a consciousness outside of you know our our brain and our living body then right what are we we're just going to be sacks of bone and meat that's going to like pass away and decay that's sad and boring it's sad boring and it it doesn't help you cope with the concept of death you know (laughs) death is is something that's very real by the way i don't think people in today's day and age experience i'm experience death i was going to say experience (laughs) death Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Hang on. They don't experience the. Right yeah, that was fine. Uh, they don't experience the concept of death as as much as they used to, right? But now it's like if you see a chicken getting killed for right. meat purposes, let's meat. say, yeah, people cringe at that. They're like, oh wow, like, Ugh. oh yeah, you know? oh yeah, you know, it's. Yeah. Um, 
back in the day, it was like, if you didn't kill that chicken yourself, you, you were a no coward. Yeah. yeah, you had no dinner. <laughs> That's how it um, and I think we've lost touch with the idea of... De- people used to see, I think, other people dying all around them. Game of Thrones, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying <laughs> world, the world used to be like Game of Thrones everywhere. It used to be really shitty. But it used to be way worse. Yeah, before technology know? and before yeah. science. It you would see... Really shitty. Yeah. So people needed to cope. Yeah. Evolutionary times, dude. We would see the guys in our tribe, you know, the guy next to us getting eaten by a tiger, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just, um, it sucks. It sucks, you know, but that, yeah. that kind of helped us to, I guess, not accept it, but to um, experience death in front of us. Yeah. You know, it, I would feel like it would help us cope better with it. Oh, yeah. You know, to be able to see and sort of accept that. But now it's like so, it's like we don't even see it in front of us. Yeah. You know, where, so when was the last time? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, when was the last time you saw someone die or an animal die right in yeah. front of you? I mean, we get sick even, I don't know, uh, through like medical procedures, things like that. It's like, oh, look at that blood. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see an x ray. Is that me? Yeah. Is that my skeleton? Oh, my God. Is that in me? Yeah. <laughs> so I get freaked out by everything. <laughs> um, it's like, like, ew, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. Get that away from me. <laughs> but it's so real, you know? And, and yeah. if you can't cope with that, then, I don't know, I just think it's a very interesting concept. But, I mean, the idea of heaven and hell. Oh, yeah. Right? That's to no do, joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was no joke. Oh, yeah. Uh, Old Testament shit. That's oh yeah, very brutal shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if, if you're going to, if you believe in that, then... You want to live a good life, and it will help you cope with the idea of death again. Like because there's an afterlife, your consciousness will the the, the separation of your your uh, body with a consciousness, your soul will yeah. you know that soul will go into into uh, heaven. Yeah, I thought about that uh, something like this a lot. Jordan uh-huh. um, Peterson talked about heaven and hell, uh-huh. and that this is idea that um, every individual has a great capacity for doing good things. And a great capacity for doing terrible shit. Right. Um, and he says that everybody needs to realize that you are very capable of those two extremes. Right. Um, so he would use a lot of examples like uh, school shootings. Right. Things like that. Very right. nasty stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he would other take other examples like, I don't know, Mother Teresa. Very good things. Yeah. But there's this idea uh, in the human psyche that... We're, we're capable of such terrible things. Yeah. I mean, look at history. Uh-huh. Um, and we're capable of such good things. And this idea of chaos and order yeah. is, is, is very real within every human being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, C- could you quickly explain what uh, chaos and order is for our listeners who don't yeah, know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an idea from Jordan Peterson's book, um, <laughs> Trademark Told Your Life. Um, <laughs> trademark <laughs> it's yeah cast in order is it's like this internal battle you always have within every human being yeah um so there's this idea that you are a very uh you know stable being you have yeah. order but you're also a very unstable being chaos right um so everybody goes throughout their day with some type of uh fluctuation between fluctuation the between two. the two yeah yeah because you have a really bad day right? Like right maybe you get up in the morning and yeah. you know the lights out or maybe your car breaks down right and you instantly go in a in a 
spiral of chaos, right? Like, right. Oh shit, my my day's ruined. Yeah. Can't get to work. Right. Um, you know, um, I can't have like another day like this or I get fired. Yeah. Um, you can have a really good day as well. Mm. Um, maybe you like, I don't know, you know, win the lottery or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very real thing in human beings to constantly battle between those two um extremes. Okay. Um so it's a very internal problem that people have. It's like everyone has their demons and everyone has their angels. Right, right. And uh, that's a very good story. That's like in the oldest stories of religion. Yeah. Um, like there's these, de- there's these demons from hell that always try to get you to do bad things. Yeah. And there's these angels that always help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an old, old uh, myth. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, there, uh, you know what I really loved about what he said about that is you should always go through life having one foot planted firmly into order and one in chaos and one in chaos yeah and the reason you want to do that it's almost kind of like you want to always have one foot outside of your comfort zone right you should always need to experience new and uh exciting yet dangerous not dangerous necessarily but what your brain perceives as dangerous right situations because when you go through that you are inevitably going to come across some chaotic, you know, fear. The fear and the fear uh, mechanism in your brain will be activated. Yeah. Um, but again, you're stepping outside your comfort zone. Yeah. But the more you step into that comfort zone. Yeah. You have one foot planted in order, so you're fine. You're not like completely in chaos. Yeah. You know, you're. It's not like your whole life is falling apart. Right. But you have a little bit of discomfort mm-hmm. on a consistent basis and right. you are growing past that discomfort until a point where it becomes it doesn't even it's not even discomfort anymore yeah it's just it is uh it's, it's just who you are right. you know and i think that's what he's trying to say is you want to consistently grow you want to be it's not a, it's not a you don't want to completely avoid chaos you don't always want to be in order because you're not going to grow it's that impossible way. it's impossible yeah you have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to step into chaos yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example. If you want to go talk to a girl and you uh, that you find attractive, yeah. you are opening yourself up to fear. Uh, you're opening yourself up to rejection, right. which is going to cause fear in your brain. But to step, and, and if she does reject you, you're going to step. You're way into chaos. Yeah. You are way into chaos, man. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. So it's like have one foot. Firmly planted in order. Yeah. Slowly approach. You know, maybe maybe try out um, conversation first. You know, you don't necessarily have to ask her out. Yeah. Uh, then talk to another girl. You know, just get outside that comfort zone and consistently. Uh, it's there's another way to say this is called kaizen. It's a Japanese, I think it's a Japanese concept. Yeah. Where you're consistently making small growth every single day, and over time, you see that it's a hugely, uh, it's it's a huge difference. Right. People won't recognize you if you don't. If you haven't seen someone in, I don't know, let's say four years. Right. How much have you changed in the last four years? Five years, let's say. Since I graduated high school, let's say. It's a long time. Long time, right? I think I grad. So I graduated high school three and a half years ago. Those people would not recognize me today. Oh yeah. It's literally been only three and a half years. Yep. They would not recognize me. Same here. They wouldn't recognize me either. Right. Yeah. Because you are consistently changing. You are dynamic. Yeah. It's it's a flux. Yeah. But that's through a chaos and order dynamic. Yeah, and I think that's very necessary when yeah. you're just developing your life in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we're talking about um, just dating in general. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, we like to have conversations about um, 
something called the rational male. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That we haven't introduced yet, but now we have. Yeah. Uh, that's a very big topic to talk about. Yes. Um, so might as well get into that. Where okay. uh, the rational male is a series of books. Yes. Um, that explains interrelation interrelationship uh dynamics between men and women. Yeah. Intersexual relationships. Intersexual Inter intersexual dynamics between men and women. We don't even know what, I think what that's the what definition is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> legitimate. So, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. just the uh, it's a rational perspective of uh, you know just dating dynamics and and just relationship between men and women in general. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember I introduced you to this series like yes. a long time ago. Yeah, a long time like ago. A couple of years ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're still reading it to this day. Uh, I think we both completed the series like here and there. Yeah, like, We yeah. skipped around yeah, here and there. Yeah, but, yeah. Skip maybe a couple chapters here and there. Um, for I've, the most part. I've read the first and the third book um, okay. throughout. Okay. And uh, I've gone back and reread a couple of sections. I'm still trying to understand it. Right. But um, what this series did is it really made us, you know, awaken our rationality. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Taking it to a whole new level. A whole new level, <laughs> Rationality <yeah>. level 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, I think it's a story to tell, to be honest. Yeah. And, um, what, do you, how has it affected you in general? Just oh, these, man. these series of books. So, before I even get into this, this is, it's uh this book series is very very controversial. Let's start oh, off yeah. with that. Let's start off with that. Yeah, it's not everyone's going to agree with anything, and we have some disagreements to be honest. As yeah, well. yeah, it's it's very uh, out there. It's uh, I know there are some people who will hear it and will be like, "This is no." And we you try cannot, to explain it to others. Yeah, you well. cannot have this type of. I, I don't want to say radical material. It's, I don't think it's radical at all, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I don't think so, per personally. Right. So this particular book series takes on intersexual dynamics between men and women from a pro, slightly pro-male, I mean, I guess pro-male, not slightly pro-male, but from a pro-male uh, perspective where it, this guy is trying to help out um, men, uh, masculinity, so to speak, uh, and to explain to guys things that they do not understand about men and women and the differences between the genders, which he claims are much more rooted in biology than in, you know, uh, than as a social construct. Right. Right. Um, this book has affected me in many, many ways. I see the world completely differently now. Um, I see the world yeah. through a, a certain lens, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, uh, he calls it the red pill lens. There's a red pill community out there, um, uh, for men. Uh, right. this is a, this is a community for men, um, in terms of what is it, uh, what, how does, how do, how do intersexual dynamics really work? This is the truth. They call it the red pill because if you've seen the Matrix, Neo has to decide between a blue pill and a red pill. Yeah. The blue pill is you are going to be living in your dream world on a consistent basis. You will live life exactly the way it is. Right. You're not going to be affected. You're not going to change positive or negative. Yeah. Um, you will live in this dream. Yeah. If you take the red pill, you will be awakened to the truth. 
right. about how this, how harsh reality really is and how this stuff really works. Right. Okay? And the red pill is very, very difficult to digest for a lot of people, it a is. lot of, lot of young men, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, he, de- he basically takes you down this road of the red pill, uh, and explains to you from and from a perspective using psychology, evolutionary biology, evolutionary psychology, uh, biology, personal sociology, personal experience, personal experience, the red pill community, game, yeah. dating, seduction, you know, yeah. uh, power, all this stuff, and he goes into what the reality behind you know, the dynamics between men and women really are. Why do right. men and women cheat? Yeah. Um, is, uh, what do men really want and what do women really want? Right. Are they the same thing? Why do people, why do people think that uh, biologically that we would want the exact same thing when it comes to uh, sexual relations uh, and relationships? Right. Um, what this book has really done for me, I think I look at things from a very... I don't want to say pessimistic, but very like cautious way now. Right. I I approach my dating life very cautiously now. Yeah, you point things out here and there that you yeah. wouldn't have before. Yes, I I you know I try to. Uh, what's the best way I can say this? It's like uh, I try to analyze things from a behavioral perspective now. Okay. I don't listen to the words of either men or women. Okay. It's I, I look at their behavior. Right. It's like their behavior s- says it all. Action says it all. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Mm. That's, uh, but this book, I, I, it's changed my life in a lot of ways, to be honest. Right. It's not just one way. It's definitely uh, a, the kind of book that really gets you thinking. Uh, the way I would describe it is a collection of um, personal essays mm-hmm. that this author has brought forth mm-hmm. to the reader yeah. about uh, masculinity, about femininity, um, about a bunch of theories that he has in respect to, you know, dynamics in, in relationships yeah. and yeah. this whole idea of, of uh, you know, how men operate, how females operate, yeah. how they communicate. Yeah. Uh, just and how it's all different. How it's all different. Um, it's just, it's something to consider. Yeah. And um, I know it sounds like we're <laughs> we're selling like um, the magic, I don't know, the book that will change your life. But um, it's just a uh, mm-hmm. a book that is very much able to change your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah. So uh, I was the one that. Uh, discovered it uh, before I passed it on to Parth. Yeah. And um, what got me to read it was was a breakup, honestly. And, you know, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but when you go through a breakup, you know, you go through a lot of emotions and you want to understand things. And for me, I'm a a very rational guy. Um, So I like to... (laughs) You're a very rational guy. So you saw the rational male and you're like, this one's for me. (laughs) Uh, The title says it all. Literally (laughs) off the shelf. In my pocket. (laughs) It was like, uh, it was kind of weird to pick it up at first because Mm. the second you open the book, he starts with a very controversial issue. 
Yeah. Uh, right off the bat. Yeah. Right. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, whoa, this is gonna be some weird book. Yeah, yeah. It's a different. It's an. Uh, it's a different perspective. You it know? is. And whether you agree with it or not, it's something to consider reading because it will open your eyes to a certain way of thinking. It's a different perspective to just to just kind of like juggle in your mind. You know. Right. Yeah. Um. To see and and see. You know. Experiment with this stuff. See if it's. You know. If it is what he says it is, you know, right. go conduct experiments, go see, uh, you know, your friends' relationships, your friends, your parents, talk to your parents about it, see if uh, they can um, uh, attest to it, you know, if they maybe see it in, you know, their friends, um, that sort of thing. I don't think many people like to talk about this, to be honest, the topics within this book. It is very harsh. we have tried yeah. before to oh. talk to other people about it and mm-hmm. have like a civil conversation, but all we get is just a bunch of... Of negativity yeah, about like, yeah. the topic to hand. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, you're wrong. This is yeah. bullshit. I don't care. So, so I think if if somebody's not open minded to this kind of thing, at least you don't have to accept it, but you know, be open minded to it. If you're not, you're probably you know, it's an ego investment thing. Mm. It's you have invested this idea about into love. Essentially, what he does is he dismantles a lot of the idea of love. Right, you know, and and says it's it almost come from an animalistic perspective of this is evolution, this is how evolution has hardwired men and women to be complementary. Yeah, this is how evolution has hardwired, um, you know, uh, men and women to be different. Yeah, and we men need to. Yeah, yeah. And he tells men, men, you have to understand this. You cannot uh, expect this Disney-like relationship to blossom you know Mm. through love and love and love and you know yeah and a lot of people have an issue with this obviously because there's so there's so much media so many movies uh so many poems and heartbreaks and things like that that really impact a lot of people that you can't just how do you get rid of the idea of love you know okay so i think uh they're kind of confused right now uh let's try to boil it down okay Pick a topic from this series, and we shall expand on it. We shall explain it to the best of our ability, and we will analyze it. Uh, So what topic do you have in in mind? Okay, I have the perfect one. Okay, go for it. Okay. We are going to talk about women's sexual strategy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is called... Hold on. Get ready. (laughs) This one's going to be a tough one, guys. Okay. It's called... He has a uh, catchy little euphemism, okay? What he says is their sexual strategy is dualistic, okay? It is pluralistic. It's alpha seed, beta need, okay? And uh, the idea is a very, kind of a harsh one, okay? So for a lot of people to accept, okay? And the idea goes something like this. For sexual attraction, men, what they consider attractive is different from what women consider attractive, okay? Right. Women's sexual attraction lies with approximately, we're not going to, I'm not going to put a number on it, Yeah. but somewhere near the top 20% of men. Okay. Okay. Meaning dominance-wise, dominance in in terms of the hierarchy. Yes. Uh, They are the most successful males. They are the alpha males, so to speak. And he says that's why he calls it alpha seed beta need. These alpha men typically hoard the sex. 
essentially. They, uh, they monopolize sex, okay? Um, and not necessarily like a harem or something like that. Right. But it's, it's something along the lines of uh, women are the sexual selectors of our species, okay? It's right. called Brifault's Law. You should look this up, okay? Brifault's Law, it basically states that women are the sexual selectors, and as the selectors, they need to be selective. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to just choose yeah. to, you know, be attracted to any guy. They have their preference. Okay? They have their preferences, and these preferences are, they're very selective, okay? Yeah. They will typically fall with they have very high expectations from a guy yes meaning he has to be you know uh good looking he's got to make a lot of money yes. he's gotta uh have a good body he has to be charismatic you know they have all these qualifications well you know not every guy can really achieve all that not nor does every guy actually achieve that right um so these uh you know, women will happily mate with the top, let's say, 10, 20% of guys, mm-hmm. okay? Um, now, men, on the other hand, they are sort of more over the place, okay? The male imperative, and this is going to sound uncomfortable, is to, quote-unquote, spread the seed. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh, to because women have to invest a lot into a pregnancy, correct? They spend nine months and they risk death. They you know do all this stuff. Right. They have to be selective about who they have sex with. Okay. Yeah. Before birth control, especially, obviously. Yeah. Um, men, it's like you know you don't have to give up much besides maybe a few minutes of your time. Right. You know, and then you can move on to another girl. Yeah. Okay. And you can you can spread your genetic material. Yeah. multiple times over yeah okay uh women cannot so much they can only get pregnant a handful of times in their life right yeah. um now uh if that's the case then what happens is this distribution of sex gets skewed yes meaning the majority of guys 80 percent of guys do not necessarily get to I'm not going to say reproduce, but they women do not necessarily want to reproduce with that with that kind of guy. They're not seen as a selection. They're not seen. They're yeah. They are not seen as to be selected. To, uh, I guess their subconscious brain is essentially su- saying, yeah. I don't want to have this guy's kids. Yeah, he doesn't have the best genes to pass on. Right. Um. And what happens is, guys. So guys compete in a dominance hierarchy, and they set a clear winner. They set clear winners and losers. Yeah. Okay. This is why guys are very competitive. Part of the reason, you know. Yeah. Testosterone makes them very more, much more competitive. Yeah. That allows uh, them to reach this t- the top of this dominance hierarchy, right? Right. Uh, most of the time, not saying every single time that testosterone is the key, you know, is the only indicator. Right. But that is part of the reason. Yeah. So, um. Now, this, this is the guy they want to have kids with. Okay. This is the best guy. Right. This is the guy who, uh, he's got a good body again. He, you know, he's rich. He, he's got resources. He's higher status. Uh, he's got a lot of attention coming his way. Yeah. You know, it's like the whole fangirl kind of a theory, you know? It's like, there's so many more fangirls out there for, than fanboys. Have you noticed that? 
I had not noticed that actually. Really take take notice to that. Okay. To fan there's a lot more fan girls yeah. for pop stars than there are fan boys for pop stars. Mm. Uh, fan girls meaning like girls that like go crazy for these, you know, these uh, singers like One Direction, Justin Bieber, yeah. all these guys that are uh, at the top of this like I guess hierarchy, let's what say socially. Makes, what makes them so admirable? To those kind of girls. So, so I think part of the reason is because it's a pre-selection thing. Okay. You know, they, uh, the more girls like a guy, it's like a positive feedback loop. The more girls will find him also attractive. So the fact that they are very uh, popular. Yes, because that that's it's that's pre-selection right there, and that's also beyond pre-selection. That's also, um, uh, he's higher status. Higher status men typically get more attention. Right. Um, and that's, that's like, uh, you know, how much, how much attention is he getting from his peers? Right. You know, how much respect is he commanding? Yeah. You know, these are things that women look at and, let's, let's uh, define higher status. What exactly sure. is that? Higher status is, uh, typically it's, it's okay. There are a few honest signals that men give off that show where they belong on this status hierarchy. Sure. Okay? Amongst men. Yeah. And men like to distinguish themselves into this into categories of winners, losers, whatever, you know, yeah. middle status and whatever. Now, the the highest status men, yeah, will typically be the most attractive to women. Sure. Okay. Um that middle status, lower status men will not necessarily be as attractive. Okay. Uh sexually at least. Okay. Physically. Uh what do you mean physically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sexual physically. sexual attraction, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um uh what happens is so Jordan Peterson actually mentioned something in his book, Twelve Rules for Life. He says we have twice as many female ancestors as male ancestors. Right. That's literally, that's what we just explained right now. Mm-hmm. Alpha seed, beta need. Right. 50% of the guys in the past got to reproduce. Let's say, let's say every single... Uh, dark. Yeah, and the other 50% didn't get to reproduce. <laughs> they didn't make it. They didn't make it. They didn't make the selection criteria. But what does that mean? That means those 50% of guys, yeah. they got to reproduce twice. Okay. Right? It makes only sense. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Fifty percent of guys reproduce twice. Fifty percent produce zero times. Right. And all women get to produce once. Interesting. Hundred percent of women will produce once. Fifty mm-hmm. percent produce twice of guys produce twice. Fifty percent of guys produce zero right. times. Yep. Yeah. So that is the disparity, and that is that sexual selectivity. And the the reason that this exists is because it's for the benefit of the human species. Every single successive generation is supposed to get stronger and stronger genetic material because the guys who compete for the top of the dominance hierarchy, the guys who are higher status, they typically end up getting... Uh, they have something special about them. Yeah. They've gotten there by way of you know hard work or whatever it is, right? Yeah. They have uh, the... Uh, uh, the genes for, let's say, a good son. Now, here's where the theory gets really bad, and bad meaning like it's harsh. Right. Is, well, you'll say, okay, well, if girls are only attracted to like the best guys, then don't we have a monogamous culture? Don't we have like, eventually we all pair off with one another, right? Eventually down the road, sometime, right? Maybe the idea of that monogamy was invented uh, back in the day, so that everything would be equal. It was. It one hundred percent was. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it was a insurance policy for beta males to be able to get a wife, mm, or to no, be able to pass on their genes. That's a big thing. That's a big thing to say right there. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I. Yeah. That, I mean that. That's what he's. That's what his claim is. 
the author of the rational male by yeah, the way yeah yeah um now uh well we live in a monogamous culture well that's where the second part of the sexual strategy comes in remember it's a dualistic sexual strategy alpha seed is one part of it yeah that's only half correct yeah the other half is beta need right. and beta need includes financial support it yeah. includes uh emotional support the comfort the familiarity yeah. all of that stuff that goes into a relationship without minus the sex essentially right is uh it's the bad boy nice guy mentality yes exactly uh, it's basically i want uh i'm sexually attracted to you know the alpha males but i eventually will need to Settle down, get married, you know, stop dating around, doing whatever. Didn't you have a girl one time? Not not, not a girlfriend, but like uh, you were talking to one. Yeah. And she pretty much confirmed. Yes, she did. Theory. She did. In fact, okay. Um, I'm not going to explain our the history of this girl and mine. It's okay. a little personal, but. Oh, okay. Uh, but I will tell you, I was having dinner with her once. Yeah. She said, you know, uh, for some reason, uh, like short term, I don't, I don't care if the guy's nice or not. But long term, like long term, I need a nice guy. She her said words. this. Her words. Yes, her words. Okay. And I, I thought in my immediately, I thought alpha seed beta need right there. Mm. Long term meaning, in the short term, when she's younger, you know, she's exploring herself. She's you know going her party years, so to speak. She's essentially going to you know, um, you know, uh, discover herself or whatever. And eventually, down the line, she's going to settle for a guy, eventually. Yep. Okay? She might get the alpha guy in the long run. Some women do. Isn't that the goal? Right? That's turn, the goal. To turn the alpha guy into the beta guy? Yes, that is, that's the goal. And that's why Fifty Shades of Grey is the fastest-selling paperback of all time. That guy, Interesting. he's right? a dominant guy. Yeah. Look at the actions. Don't look at the words. The words, you know, people always say the words are like, oh, well... We want a guy who's really nice. We want a guy who's this. We want a guy who's that. But then look at the actions. It's the exact opposite of what they're attracted to sexually. Right. Right? I don't want to say the exact opposite. I'm not saying sexual attraction lies on whether you're nice or not. Nice guys, I think, can have sexual attraction if they're if they're higher status, if they're pre-selected, if they have all the other mechanisms in play, you know? Okay. But um, the idea goes uh, like this. So in, in the long run, they will... Uh, have to get with someone right okay um and this this one this guy that they end up getting with may not live up to her standards of what the alpha male was in her past okay um yet she has to stick with this guy because there are other women that another woman might have gotten this alpha guy or because what happens is the women get into their own hierarchy uh, based on and that one's based a lot on attention how much attention they can command that's why a lot of you know social media p- comes into play mm-hmm. and the more attention they can command the higher status that girl is within the female hierarchy right. therefore and and what that allows her to do in that hierarchy is be more selective about her mate okay meaning she gets to pick the alphas essentially you see yeah now the girls who don't get to do that eventually they'll have to settle with another guy uh, for long-term provisioning for comfort for familiarity when you know uh she's not young enough to be able to just go out there and you know get the attentions of an alpha guy can we relate that to the amount of self-esteem that a girl has in respect Uh, to choosing alphas absolutely for for example if a girl 
has high self-esteem, yeah. they have more confidence in choosing more alphas. Compared to lower uh, girls and mm-hmm. self-esteem, they don't have that option. Well, sorry, sorry. One more time. Say that again. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Actually, yeah. You're okay, right, you're right. okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, it, say so? it is a self-esteem thing. Yeah, to be able to command attention, it, it is kind of directly related to the self-esteem. It's like, if I cannot command attention, I must be lower in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, I cannot be as selective as I would want. Right. Um, and remember, they all want to be with the, with the the best guy that they possibly can. I recall and, the author of The Rational Male saying that uh, females would rather share an alpha male than be attached and to a faithful have a loser. loyal beta guy. Yeah, yeah. They would uh, women women would women would rather share a, uh, a high value man than to be attached to a faithful loser. Yes. Exactly that's the harshest way to put it and yeah. i was like oh my god that was a really really that's, direct chapter yeah. it's so it's sad it is it's sad and it's harsh but this is uh you know his perspective and i i look at things differently now i'm like wow this it's like i'm like i told you before it's a lens now yeah and i see this dynamic playing in front of me you know a lot um couples will be uh, posting pictures on instagram saying oh i'm in love i'm in love i'm in love and then few months down the line they've broken up and sure relationships have problems and this and that but if you really look at the actions and if you really uh take it from a very scientific perspective evolutionary biology evolutionary psychological perspective Mm -hmm. you'll see that this dynamic is uh very much in play it's harsh that was a lot of information very much (laughs) (laughs) yeah you definitely did a lot more analysis on that section of the book Uh than i did okay um but staying on the topic of the female sexual strategy yeah uh there's definitely this idea Mm -hmm. of uh getting the alpha Mm -hmm. uh reserving the beta right yeah yeah yeah. it's it's a very uh, harsh idea. At the same time, it's a very, very real idea. Mm-hmm. Um, would we say that it is a very true, like it's law, like it's it's going to be around forever? I don't think it's going to be around forever um, because I think as evolution inspires change, right? Um, I think at some point in our hit in our future, not our future. I'm saying our human species future. Okay. Um, sexual strategies will evolve. Yeah. Uh, based on the environmental conditions, because the the reason why we've evolved our sexual strategies the way they are as of now mm-hmm. is because of our harsh environmental past to survive properly throughout you know the harsh nature right right like it's kind of like the lobsters the the top lobster guy gets all the ladies it's kind of like that alpha guys you know you know right. get a lot of the girls as attraction you know right well why because he's a, he's a winner he's the he's the guy who made it you know and and he's the best option for us to reproduce with because he has the most reproductive value right you know um we want our kids to be 
successful in an environment that's really harsh, you know, right. that you have to survive in. Yeah. It's not easy. Nowadays, uh, our survival is not that difficult in America, at least in America, let's put it that way. In America, yeah. Um, but safer. It, it is a lot safer. It's a lot than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, resources are abundant compared to what they used to be. Right. Um, you know, even people uh, near the poverty line, they have a lot more resources than, than men in our ev- men and women in our evolutionary times, you know, and have to go through less effort, you know, than hunting animals and, and waiting for, you know, uh, whatever they have access to water, you know, clean water, toilets, you know, things like that. So it's not as harsh of a reality, yeah. I think, but evolution moves on a very, very slow scale. We're talking evolution we've had, how long have humans been around? Two million years, I think. But over thousands of years, evolution evolves these okay. strategies, right? Yeah. You cannot, the technological, whatever, the, the industrial revolution mm-hmm. caused all this you know, economic change and everything for the past 250 years, let's say. Yeah. You cannot change the human brain and the way that it's hardwired in a matter of 250 years. When it took thousands upon thousands of years to get this way, it's going to take some time. But some point in the future, yes, it might. It, in fact, I think it will change. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe another few thousand years from now. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it's going to be a slow process because again, it comes down to sexual selection. Which guys do women choose to mate with, and those traits will typically be be passed down into the next generation. It is quite evident how this idea can be applied. Yeah. to today's culture yeah uh, especially amongst social media yeah um, you've had firsthand experience with yeah. uh, encountering these kind of girls yeah um, you know through Instagram through Facebook um, you've met some of them uh, when you're at UCLA yeah yeah um, it's it really got me thinking uh, the idea of this culture being overly sexualized okay um I think it is, it's because of just how much of it is being publicized. You have social media being very, very explicit, Uh um, very carefree in in terms of like advertisements and things like that. Right, right. Um, I would argue that um, social media is giving women uh, a different kind of perspective on not only themselves, but how to... Uh, live in general mm. um, so there's a lot of visual um, ads mm. so there's like different makeup advertisements there's different um, uh, like yoga that was a big thing uh, oh, yeah. like a, a huge uh, just wave of, of uh, what do you call it um, just a, a wave of, uh, of something that really got people interested Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it influenced a lot of women in general. Yeah. But um, all this kind of uh, intersexual dynamic talk. Yeah. Uh, it really does get me tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm not very um, involved socially as much as you are. Yeah. And I'm certainly not as hyped up about it uh, than you are. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you very much analyze... Um, you know what's going on yeah in terms of how women function how they operate yeah and how men react to that operation because at the end of the night who selects what's going to happen 
what's the female yeah yeah for false um, law yeah right um she's ultimately the one that's gonna decide what's gonna happen and you know where is this going things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um it's it's that power that female have mm-hmm. uh females it's when that power is taken away um things get nasty yeah things like the me too movement exist yeah and um that that power over sexual dynamics yeah will always be in the hands of women mm. i always i will think that forever wow really okay um, yeah. that's a strong statement it is a strong statement yeah <laughs> um because in terms of you know the alpha male and uh him being very dominant yeah uh i don't think he is very dominant in the sense that he can tell women what to do whenever he wants um like controlling them in a sense well okay okay well let's let's define dominant versus domineering because i think that's a key differentiator right okay so i think uh so being domineering is like controlling too much like control focused you know like right uh i get I tell you what to do and you're going to do it kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that's what it means to be dominant. Okay. That's that's called being domineering, right? To make sure that the the everyone's in seated at the right uh, seat at the, at the dinner table to uh, make sure that, you know, she does everything like you said. That's being domineering. Okay. To be dominant uh, is to be able is to be powerful within your own life to to be able to control the direction of your own life. Okay. And if you as an alpha male want to, um, let's say you don't want to, uh, let's say your your girlfriend is giving you a hard time. Yeah. About something that you don't like, um, and it's just going on and on and on. You say, look, maybe we're not right for each other. Okay, like you know. Uh, let's just go our own separate ways, right? Because it, let's and let's just assume that this is what he wants to do. If he has the power to walk away and to go explore his other options, to go you know out there and and put himself out there, yeah, that is being a dominant guy, because he's dominant within his own reality. He's controlling his own reality. He's able to. Uh, uh, this is the definition of power, I think. The right. pow- definition of power is to be able to control the direction of your own life and that's attractive to most and girls that is attractive to girls exactly 100 yeah. percent. that is an alpha mindset you know uh, as much as you know women will say no that's not true you know i would want him to come Deep back down. to me and like and 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 beg me to be with him but look at your actions you if the second the guy does that you're not going to be attracted to him i promise you that it just doesn't work Right. I've seen it too many times fail. Desperation kills attraction. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say that there's a quote: uh, "Love never dies of starvation, mm-hmm. but often of indigestion." Okay. Meaning, if you guys are always around each other all the time, love seems to vanish and fade. But it if deteriorates, it deteriorates. But okay. when you guys are absent from each other's presence, yeah, love can grow. Because you're always wondering what the other person's doing, you're missing them, yeah. And then it's actually valuable when you see them and when you meet them, yeah. You see, but you always need that time and space apart mm-hmm. to do your own thing, right? Um, it's that sense of mystery that always gets females. Uh, I always gets females. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's a, a sense of mystery is attractive, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's yeah. like you never know what the other person is up to. Yeah. Um, and it's attractive for both men and women. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would argue at times, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting because the most complex thing, I think, mm-hmm. is understanding uh, the the constant change females are going through. Mm-hmm. Right? Men can be very predictable. They can be very much routine-like. Right. But females are always fluid. Yeah. They're always changing from here to there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their state of mind can change instantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think you would argue that um, treating them as if they uh, don't know what they want is necessary. Like, you always, you always have to assume that they don't know what they want. I would say... I would so I would reframe it as you want to assume that they want you. Okay. As a confident that's what confidence I think. That's confidence. A yeah. lot of it is confidence, right? Yeah. Um it's like, yeah, I know you want me but you can't have me kind of thing or something like that. So, so part of it is that. Part yeah. of it is that. That little like playful kind of cocky attitude. Okay. Um but uh so I'd say it's more about I can, your state is fluid and you could, your attraction goes up and down and up and down. It's it can move place, all yeah. over the place, right? Yeah. You can feel different things about me at any time you want. Right. But I know that I'm the best option for you out there, period. That is confidence. Yeah. So whether she, you know, shows you all this love or she pulls back, yeah. you, you have, a, you set the frame as, it's fine. Yeah. I'm confident enough that it's something else. It's not me. And you set that frame and it's very strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, the overwhelming odds are that, you know, and if you're doing everything else correct, obviously, then then there's multiple factors at play too, you know. Right. Uh, many other factors actually. But uh, I think that is necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they get all this Oprah-like advice about open communication is the key. I would actually argue it's almost the opposite. Oh, really? I would say you need to stop communicating for a while. Okay. I think you guys need a little bit of time apart to do your own thing. Right. I think you need a little mystery surrounding it. I think you need to be a little unpredictable. You know, go, uh, don't go out to the same routine places. Go out somewhere else. Yeah. Do something different. Be unpredictable. Change your personality a little bit. Right. Uh, be more dynamic. Be more social. Make new friends. Uh, go out with new couples. Yep. That consistent flux is gonna that that unpredictable um, state is gonna keep you guys the that bond stronger. That love, so to speak, stronger. Right. Um. To be unpredictable and to have time apart. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna value something if it's always around. Right. There, it's need, its value. Yeah. yeah, you need absence to be able to absence of something to value something. It's like what is an up? What is a uh, up without a down? You know, when mm. you what is happy without being sad? Right. You know, you have to experience sad to know what happy is. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, it's all it, it's all flat. It becomes boring. Yeah. Perfect is boring, dude. Perfect is boring. It's there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. Right. You're always gonna have problems. You know, um, the the pop advice he says in this book is not necessarily the way to go hmm. the pop pop culture advice of 
open communication, honest love, you know, all this stuff, it doesn't work. Okay. It's not real. In fact, it's a death spiral. Oh. It's it, not a death spiral. <laughs> I'm just exaggerating here, but it will make the problem worse. Okay. Um, you need essentially to if you have to go to couples counseling you're already admitting that there's problems in the relationship there's other ways to solve it essentially is what i'm saying right so i think what you're um the main key point here is that attraction is very very hard to negotiate if uh, anything at all yeah it can't be negotiated it cannot be genuine that organic desire yeah the chemical uh, desire that a woman will have for a man or and a man have for a woman cannot yeah. be negotiated. And I feel like most outlets today will encourage that negotiation. So, yes. you know, yeah. shows like Oprah, The View, um, yeah, uh, every, everything else in terms of social media encourages this in the terms of the rational male, a beta-like system. Yes. If you do yeah. something for her the logic is if you if you are doing all these things for your girl, you know. If you're the provider, you are attractive. Yes, that is essentially what the the narrative is nowadays. You know, it's like if I give her all these things, all these things. If I do all these things for her, she will reciprocate with love, intimacy, sex, yeah. all this stuff. Not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. This is it's logic based on his approach is logical, right? But it doesn't work. The relationships are very illogical. I would say so. To yeah, I would say to a degree. To the, the the divorce rate in America is what like fifty percent now. Is it? Yeah, I think so. It's and you know what? And you know what's funny? How you yeah, know? Stats. Right. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's let's do a little research on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never really um, uh, looked that up to be honest. Uh, of course, we get an article. <laughs> Millennials are to blame for lower U.S. divorce rate. Oh yeah, the divorce rate did drop eighteen percent. Did it drop eighteen percent? Yeah, but that's 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 because I think people are not getting married as much or something like that. Yeah, the marriage rate is going down. Yeah, or uh, it's like later into the ages or something. So we got an article here by Fatherly.com. Uh, what is the actual divorce rate in America? It's complicated. Um, <laughs> that's what they say. Um, there's not a direct stat here. There is a lot of. Uh, they found that 3.2 divorces per 1,000 people in 2016. And Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Wait, wait, go, go back up. All the way up. All the way up. Okay. Uh, more, a little bit. Uh, okay. Oh, people tend to think more than 50% of couples get divorced every year in America. Oh, oh, but that's not true. Here's what it is. Oh, what? It's different. Oh, we're being enlightened right now. I guess so. Yeah, look at that. <clears throat> yeah. It's, there's no really, uh, it's just like an article. There's no real stats here. Okay. Um, I think it's just opinion. Is it, maybe it's just opinion. Um, um, it says the U.S. divorce rate on its face is not complicated. Looking at the total number of divorces in a year among the total U.S. population, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found there were 3.2 divorces per 1,000 people in 2016, but it's about how the number is figured out. It's a good metric, but it's crude. Um, that seems really low. It seems kind of low. But, um, I would, I would argue that it's higher than other countries, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's gotta be that, um, 
mentioned here somewhere. So, so I'll tell you this. I know for a fact that I mean, I mean, this is I don't know for a fact, but I've seen yeah. this fact. To my <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. To my knowledge, um, I think seventy-five percent of divorces are initiated by women. Okay. Um, do, that's interesting. What do you think? That, that is an interesting that yeah. that shows there's a disparity. Um, it's look, it's uh, it's a, there's a disparity there. That's clear. Right. Um, I found a stat here, by the way. Okay. What what was the uh, stat? It says between forty two and forty five percent. Okay, that seems likely to me. That, that seems more likely to me. Yeah. Um, but 75% of divorces women initiate, if it really was, the, if the sexual strategies were the same, and if men and women were, were, were and thought about attraction and sexual attraction the exact same way, right? Um, it would be around 50-50, don't you think? The divorce, uh, the initiated divorces, I approximately? I don't think marriage is that natural, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I agree. I agree. You ask me because it's are like, you ask, are you saying like from an evolutionary perspective, like yeah, from that, polygamy and all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not saying like um, you know, go out and you know marry multiple girls and you know uh, yeah, keep I don't, I don't the state even allows that. By it's law. just when you're married to a girl, it's a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> you, it's it's saying like you, I'm gonna pick you and we're gonna live together for the next 50 years, and we're gonna see each other every day. Okay. We're gonna go to. Uh, we're gonna do everything together. We're gonna do our taxes together. We're we're gonna do everything together. Yeah. You're gonna go insane. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, like yeah. a psychological experiment right there. Yeah. Um. There's. It's. It's a very. It's the ultimate commitment, right? I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna devote my life to you. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huge thing. Yeah. And um. People think it's a normal thing to do, right? That's yeah, through, yeah. through religion, through oh, your yeah. upbringing. Yeah. It's like, you know... Raise a family. I think it's mainly for the family unit, you know? Yeah, the, for the family um, to, like, survive, to exist, to, <clears throat> yeah, to yeah. prosper, to yeah. be progressive. It's like, listen here, boy. Uh, you grow up, you be a nice guy, and yeah, yeah. you get yourself a good girl. Yeah. <laughs> and you get married, have a couple kids, yeah. and we can be one happy family. Yeah. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And I don't think many people are successful at it, given mm-hmm. these stats. Look yeah. at this, 42 to 45%, according to Psychological Today. Yeah. Psychology um, Today? Uh, Psychology of, Today. Yeah, they have a lot of articles. Yeah. I think that's a that's a pretty reliable source, from uh, what I've been told. Uh-huh. Wow. Jeez. I mean, do you plan to get married? <laughs> Asking the big question. I do. I do oh, yeah? one day. You do? Uh, but not for a while. Not for a not while? Not for a while. I yeah. want to play the field a little bit. I want right. to explore my options, so right. to speak. Um, yeah. I know... I, I need to... Exp- I have experience to go through. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A lot more um, to go through. I do... The, the main reason is because I do want to have kids one day. Okay. And I do want to raise kids one day. Right. Um, uh, ideally, you, I, ideally... Yeah. Uh, you, you either... Just, uh huh. You go go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, uh, either one boy and two girls, or two boys and one girl. Okay. Um, and I do want to raise them. You know. Right. Um, you probably just uh, sh- uh, ran away uh, a couple of females potentially listening. <laughs> yeah. No way. Whoa. <laughs> Not for me, man. <laughs> Too bad, ladies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pregnancy itself. Oh my god. But. Terrible thing to go through. 
Oh, you oh, got yeah. you got something oh, growing yeah. inside you. Oh yeah, you got nine yeah. months to to make sure it's okay. Yeah, yeah, and you got like I mean, think about that in evolutionary times. I mean, you're gonna be pregnant. You're not gonna. You're gonna be vulnerable. You're gonna be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. and it's the wild we're talking about here. Yeah. A good chunk, I think. Uh, uh, the last trimester at least is is very vulnerable. Right. You know. Um, it's a terrible thing to go through. It's just yeah. like yeah. the amount of pain they're in, and. Yeah, yeah. It's another reason why they have to be really selective, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's the reason careful. why. Careful. Yeah, it's like, are you the one? Are you sure? Are you sure you're the one? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. have to consistently question that in their head, and that's yeah. why they test guys a lot, you know. Right. Uh, subconsciously, yeah. at least for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very true. But yeah, I do want to have kids, uh, you know. But that's later down the road. That's not until I want to explore my options, and eventually, much, much later down the road, I want to say, okay, I really like you, you know. Yeah. Um, and this one girl, like I can see my, I can see myself living with this girl. I can see myself raising kids with this girl. Okay. You know, uh, I can't play the field forever, obviously, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've just, you know why it's, I think it's because I've grown up that way. My, uh, my parents got a traditional arranged marriage. Arranged marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad was 21, I think, or 22, uh, my that's mom young. was 21 when they had me. I'm the first child. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's it? You're getting married? Yeah. I'm, I'm almost 22 years old right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> imagine geez. being old right now. Yeah, just I imagine know, right? having a kid right now. That's And yeah. just, it's, that's it. You start your family right now and you that's just it. work your work, you know. That's, so, that's the lifestyle that's, that's so um, popular yeah, nowadays. Yeah. And I think millennials are trying to be progressive. Yeah. And um, they're, they're trying to change things up yeah yeah they really are yeah uh, with the whole same marriage um thing and everything yeah um what do you think about that the same marriage deal same like, marriage what do you mean by same marriage so like a exactly. man and a man raising a kid or a girl and a girl oh same sex marriage same sex marriage yeah um i don't have a problem with it to be honest uh my only issue comes in with not forcing let's say religious groups to abide by that and to get you married mm-hmm. uh, but I don't mind at all I mean this is a free country you're a, you should be allowed to do whatever you want to do right um, and you if you want to get married by all means get married you know I have no problem with that but if you're let's say you want to get married in a church and the church won't allow it because of their religious belief mm-hmm. I don't think you can interfere with that religious belief I don't think you should. Okay. And people who would tell me, oh well, well, why do Christians get to take you know the the uh, priority in this case? Well, here's the question I pose to you then. Um, you know, we always talk about leftists and progressives always talk about okay, well, um, you know, Islamophobia, yeah, right, uh, in this country. Well, I don't think Islam supports gay marriage either. That's like the one of the biggest sins over there. It's it? one of the biggest sins isn't in Islam, that, I think. Isn't that death? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. I think it is something along those lines. That's a I don't big know. Deal over there. Yeah. It is a big, That's even a bigger no-no. deal than in Christianity, I think. Uh, oh yeah, big time. Probably uh, get a slap on the wrist for that in Christianity. Yeah, oh, yeah. Islam, you get your whole hand cut off. Yeah, <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, well, what if what if a gay couple wanted to get married in a mosque and the mosque said no, absolutely not. Who's going to take priority there? Well, yeah. are you Islamophobic or are you homophobic? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. You see what I'm saying there? I, like, you have, <laughs> I'm both, I guess. But the point is, look, it's a free country. This is why America's so great. You know, you can get married. I don't care. That's, that's your life, your choice. Yeah. But don't try to 
uh, if you want to get married, get married through the state or something. You know, okay, don't, yeah. you know, don't force a church through your political power or something to, or don't uh, demor not demoralize, don't uh, make a church feel bad or for not, you know, yeah. waving their religious beliefs to don't get you married. Off. Yeah, just make it make it as little of a deal as possible. No one cares if you're getting married. Yeah, it's Let's like... Let's be honest, no one cares. <laughs> God. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> what you get is, like, benefits with taxes or something like that through yeah, the state yeah. or through the government. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one cares, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you do have a big wedding, everyone's going to recognize you for a day. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll get a bunch of gifts. You'll get too many toasters and microwaves. Yeah. yeah. And then you go home and that's it. You live yeah. life. Yeah. Get to work. Yeah. You got that nine to five job. And yeah. <laughs> when you have the kids, get things worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah my, my sister's going through that right now. Okay. Um, you know, they're married. They have their own apartment. And okay. They go to work, each of them. Yeah. Born life. They get into their routine. Right, right. It got boring real quick, real fast. Oh, really? Yeah, already? Already. When she got married, like a few months ago, right? Uh, yeah, like almost a year ago, actually. Oh, a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's like twenty-eight. The guy's thirty. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Charity, charity. They're not like... exciting people. They weren't oh. in the beginning. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you know. Okay. Well, that that makes now. a difference, right? Yeah. 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 But I'm not saying that all marriages deteriorate like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just. So Parth's view is do whatever you want, free country. If it's a guy and a guy, why not? If a girl and a girl, why not? Yeah, just don't cause a lot of trouble over just it. Don't, yeah, know? just don't piss people off. Um, my perspective is why would you want to get married? Yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing. Marriage is a trap. It's like, <laughs> let's get together and bring the government in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the <laughs> so state they can so do we some can sign a bunch of papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last thing you need is a lot of more barriers between you guys. Yeah. Then you gotta sign that prenub, and then yeah. it gets really awkward when you're like yeah. right next to your spouse. And, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a kind of a thing where it's like your commitment is almost legal, and it's a binding. Yeah, you, know, you are. So... Ne- you're kind of negotiating genuine desire. You're you negotiating not? right there. Yeah, you are negotiating. That's a no-no. It's like a contract, right? <laughs> um, isn't do you, maybe that's why part of the reason you know a lot of marriages just end up they just you know, end up failing boring and failing yeah it's initially negotiated right it is yeah. it is at that point it's like dude it's i like, oh i am God. ready to commit to you and you only Contract but part time. of part of what creates the attraction between two people is the uh sort of ability to or not ability it's it's the potential for competition explain so what I mean is, imagine you ha- you're dating a girl. Yes. Just dating, not exclusively. Just dating. You're just dating. You just yeah. started dating her. Yeah. And she starts to come to this conclusion that, well, you guys are not exclusive. She- he must be seeing other guys. Okay. I promise you, you will not... The attraction will be somewhere close to high around that time, that initial phase of dating, then... A year down the road when you guys are officially together or almost uh, married, let's say. Okay. Because there is an urgency there. There is a um, potential for competition with other girls or other guys. So I got to lock him down now before he gets away? Yes. Or same thing with a guy, you know. I got to lock her down before she gets away? Yeah, before another guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when you, once, you get the, once you get that and you lock them down, it's like... yeah. All right, this All right. is boring. <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> yeah, you were too quick to. Uh, it's commitment, you yeah, know. Too but quick it, of it's that it's the thrill of knowing whether you know, um, 
the, that, you know, are we going to last, are we not going to last, that whole, like, game of, like... Right. I guess game, you know. It is game. What is game? Define game. Game, that's an interesting... That's a huge topic, by the way. Yeah, oh, we yeah. want to be here for another two hours, by the way. Yeah, well, we're probably not going to be. <laughs> just, just, a, just a quick definition, like yeah. one sentence. A quick de- yeah. Uh, <laughs> game, I think, is your ability, at least from a guy's perspective, mm-hmm. game is the ability to um, be able to attract and arouse a girl. Okay. Attract and arouse a girl, in it's, my it's opinion. It's playing the dating game. Yeah, um, and to play it well, to understand... To understand female psychology, I'm saying this from a guy's perspective again. Right. To understand female psychology, to understand all this stuff that we just talked about, alpha fucks, beta bucks, alpha right. seed, beta need, right. um, and how to apply it so that you guys, so you get the desired outcome, which for you may be different at whatever period of your life. You might want a relationship with that girl. You might just want to have casual sex with that kind of girl. Right. You know, you just whatever it is. Game is maximizing the benefits for you. Yeah, it? essentially. Okay. I, th- I think so. Right. Without uh, getting anyone hurt. Without like going overboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without probably, yeah, yeah without, probably without going overboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's essentially, I think, understanding female psychology, again, from a guy's perspective. Girls, yes. girls have game also, by the way. I think sure I think girls do. girls have better game than most guys. I out think there. they do. I think they, they understand know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they do. They 100 percent do. They yeah. they're much more in tune with the psychological you know yeah. portion of the game than guys. That's are. how they operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's crazy. Um, it is. So they know how to they they will know how to get a guy to at least a lot of girls will know how to get a guy to commit to them and you know things like that. So. Yeah, that's the goal, right? They they want to lock the alpha guy down. Yes. They they yes. want to get him. They want to tame him. It's like the Beauty and the Beast archetype, or oh, like yeah. the Tarzan. You Disney know? movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> in that case, I think the Disney movie has a little bit of truth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Although we just debunked them. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's a that's a story um, uh, that we can connect to. Yeah, even Fifty Shades of Grey, like the dominant guy, guy who's completely I never dominant understood. guy in bed. Like you know, he's the alpha male. Like he has, they, she wants to tame him down. I saw the movie sell. expecting like a like a lot of things. And yeah. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> but it was just like a lot of soft core, just like porn. Yeah, that in general, and it's just it wasn't exciting. Oh, well, to you it wasn't exciting. To girls, to girls, it was all about like the psychological. Oh uh, yeah, play. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So what they say is that uh, I'm not to say that it didn't have enough action. I just meant that like the, the plot was a little boring. Where are like, the cars, the fast cars, man. Where are the guns and like the blo- the explosions, man. There's not enough suction. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just mean that it was like a lot of contracts, a lot of talking, and yeah, it was a lot of uh, dialogue. It didn't need to be there. Uh, so so to you it didn't need to be there but I think females love that stuff the the little nitty gritty details of like the, the seduction happening there they love the covert communication that was going on the yeah dialogue. it was a lot of um, yeah yeah so so what I would uh, interpret it as is um, I would say so all this stuff like Fifty Shades of Grey the book the movie all that is like women's porn this okay. is women's porn. That's women's Guys porn. are very visually stimulated, you know, just when when we talk about sexual attraction, right? Right. That's why when we go online porn, the majority of online visual porn is... Right. Surprise. usually... Yeah, men. Yeah men. Usually, yeah, men usually watch all that stuff, right? right. Much more than women do. Um, but uh, when it comes to this type of novel where it's like, 
the Twilight series or like Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, th- this, these movies, you know, th- these types of things. It I appeals to a fantasy. Yeah, 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 the fantasy of like, I want to lock this alpha male down, you know. Mm. Uh, remember, keep in mind in Twilight, there was, there were two guys at the end of the day that that this main girl. She had to choose between them. She had to ch- kind of choose between them. Okay. And one was a vampire and one was a werewolf. Now here's the key. There's another way of saying. Alpha fucks, beta bucks, alpha seed, beta need, the dualistic sexual strategy of women. The other way of saying it was, love me vampire, fuck me werewolf. I had the other way around. I was going to guess. You were, were going to guess? I thought that the vampire was the alpha. Okay. And the werewolf was the beta. Well, well, so if you think about it from like a primal perspective, like primordial archetypes. Okay. It's very much like uh, the werewolf is the alpha because he's... The, to be a werewolf, it's like... Think about it. It's like testosterone fueled, like okay, like the hair growing on the body. You know the oh, yeah, that like makes muscular sense. Sure. The vampire is more like more of the feminine side of things. You know, like the nurturing. I don't know how to explain it exactly. Okay. You can ask a girl. Her perspective will be much. <laughs> we need a feminine perspective on this show. <laughs> what I'm do you s- think about Twilight? I'm sorry, I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not cultured enough. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was a huge seller. Um, I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. that. That story was very deep and had yeah. a lot of dialogue. Oh. And, you know, it had three books? What, four, four. Four? I'm going to check yeah. you on that because yeah. that's a lot of I know of for books. a fact. There are five movies and four books. Have you read them? I've actually read the first two. How was it? It was all right. Was I never, right? Re- I never, I mean, I didn't think it was amazing, but like. Five films. I did, right. I did kind of at one point like read it. Uh, I saw, I think, I don't know if I saw all the movies. I saw four of the movies. Oh my God. Uh, uh, there are how many are there? But there's more now. Is there more? Uh, oh no, there's four. Yeah, yeah. there's a number four. I don't know what these are. Maybe they're like uh, bonuses or something. Like that. Possibly. Uh, okay, so there's four here. Yeah. Yeah. Twilight novel series. This came out uh, when? When did this come? The out? the books or the movies? Uh, the books. Um. Um. Because this was back in, in middle school, wasn't it? When yeah, we yeah. 2005. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. That we were in middle school. Yeah. Um, oh, I was probably not. I was in elementary at that point. 2005? 1996? We were both born in 1996? Uh, I was born in 1997. Um, okay. 1997. I, I was, was eight years old. Yeah, no, I was. it was in second grade, dude. Was it second grade? <laughs> I was okay, it was first grade. grade then. Okay. I'm not I first was... grade, but it was elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I don't remember anything from elementary yeah. school, so... I know you remember a lot from like school days in general, uh, like high school, middle school. You tell me like deep stories of like what well, happened. Yeah. I, certain things have stuck out to me. Okay. Uh, I don't necessarily remember too much. Right. But there are certain things that I do remember. And when I remember them, I remember them vividly. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Jeez. Uh, I want to I wanna look at the, the amount of money that the series made. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Um, okay, so I got box office total, total five, five films. It looks like it's going to be three billion dollars. Wow! Yeah, that's three billion, uh, three point four, three point three billion. Three, yeah, three point three five, almost billion. That is a lot of money. There it is. Yeah, fuck me, vampire. 
or fuck me uh, werewolf love me vampire where does it say that it doesn't say it I'm just saying I'm just looking at the picture right there the girl and there's two guys right to her one oh. to her left one to her right so we have alpha Christian? fucks beta bucks okay so which one was the alpha and which one was the beta here um, I, this I, one was the beta I, I, well oh, I mean guy? I don't I can't make the assumption honestly <laughs> okay. I don't know I'm assuming maybe <laughs> you know it's funny I think I think he started off the series as the alpha and apparently uh, then the, the other kid was the werewolf the, came in and started yeah, the, taking things over. Well, the werewolf apparently was the beta at the time. Oh yeah. But yeah. when he actually matured, he cut off his hair. He grew into an actual. He was able to transform into a wolf. Apparently, like she got the hots for him or something. What the heck is going? on? I think here? so, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, so girls are really into this stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, how many girls do we know that actually grew up with Twilight? I wonder. I know. I'm sure I know. Should a we lot. ask that? Is that is that too personal? No, I wouldn't uh, say so. No, no, no. Really all. into uh, Twilight? Twilight? Did you want to have sex with Jacob Black? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Right there. Okay, maybe that's a little personal. <laughs> but but growing up with Twilight, I, that's a totally fine okay. question to ask. Because <laughs> I know many people grew up with Harry Potter. Oh, I did also. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't oh, read one book or, oh, yeah. or see one film. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very cultured, by the way. <laughs> oh, in, in terms of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I grew up with all the books and all the movies. I grew up with, uh, I grew up with Transformers. <laughs> nice. uh, what else did I grow up with? Um, Disney movies, of course. Yeah, uh, me you, too. You did as well. Yeah. Um, Those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, what did you grow up with in general? Uh, in general, so Disney movies. When I was younger, The Lion King. That was my favorite movie. Yeah. That one, I don't know why. I just loved that movie. So we, we grew up in an age of VHS. Right? Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. having that. Yeah. Up until like 2005-ish, 2006-ish. Yeah. Then the DVD player came in, and that changed yeah, everything, yeah. right? And then the Blu-ray player came in. <laughs> <laughs> and then Netflix came in, and they were all wiped out. Yeah, everything <laughs> was just gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember going to Blockbuster and, and checking out, like renting movies. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, calling in to make sure that they had the movie. Right. And then like overdue... Uh, movies they had to pay extra for yeah i remember those days yeah yeah um those were simpler times yeah those are much simpler times where you had to actually schedule to get a movie or like you had to schedule what do you mean like 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 um you couldn't get things on demand like you had to take time out of your day to actually drive down to blockbuster oh yeah 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 yeah. did you ever get those like free coupons for blockbuster videos and movies we probably did i'm not too sure yeah I would get those weekly, and oh, yeah? they would they would try. This is how they would try to get customers in. I mean, little did they know that's probably a dumb idea because they're <laughs> bankrupt now. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> how they were supposed to know? <laughs> I think maybe it was, that was probably more of Netflix Netflix's fault than you know, oh, yeah. Blockbuster. I but mean, yeah, there's so many business going out today. I mean, currently right now, Sears is going out of business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Amazon was looking to buy it. I think all that space that they have. Yeah, yeah. All the stores and all that storage. Oh, was it? They were looking to buy that, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's funny. Uh, Sears, long, long-lasting company. They, they were, were the first Amazon to yeah. be able to like deliver all this stuff like the like the, the Pony Express. They you know, were they around would... since like the 40s, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, they would have a catalog where you just order in and they'll send it to you in the mail like four to six weeks later. Um, no, no, dude. Even older than the 40s. I'm sure. It? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was in... I'm going to go to Wikipedia, so beware. <laughs> okay. Founded 1886. Yeah, yeah. In Chicago, Illinois. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jeez. Yeah. Um, oh, after several years of declining sales, its parent company, uh, Field for Chapter 11 
filed, filed for Chapter 11 <laughs> bankruptcy on October 15, 2018. Yeah. Uh, Sears announced on January 16th of uh, this year, 2019, yeah. that it had won its bankruptcy auction and sh- and would shrink and remain open with about 400 stores. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Wait, no. Oh, 16th. Yeah, that yeah. was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so they say they won its bankruptcy auction and would shrink and remain open with about 400 stores. I think the owner, uh, he scrapped enough money to keep yeah. a small amount of stores open. Okay. Because um, I think they were franchised, weren't they? Like There were a couple uh, independent owners who owned the... Uh, I have no clue. But I'll tell you this. Here. I know Sears had a lot of real estate owned. And uh, they... I'm assuming... So they. I know they wanted to sell off a lot of their real estate and lease it back. It's called a sale leaseback. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah. Six months. And so... Uh, yeah, they wanted to... Uh, uh, take back, uh, you know, they would use the money from the sale lease back. They would sell their property and then they would use that to fund more, I guess, uh, the operations, you know, okay. to keep the company running afloat. Right. Uh, and then they would end up leasing that same property. Okay. But they don't own that property anymore. Right. So is a stock of 0.7 really low? <laughs> Uh, it depends on its its history, right? Uh, that might just be a, like a penny stock, you know. You have to you have to go back like like years. Okay. No, see that it's 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 always been around two cents, three cents, four cents, or, oh. or I mean I mean I mean seventy or thirty, forty, fifty, sixty. That's under a dollar. Yeah. 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 Wow. Per share. Yeah. Per share. That's not a lot of money. Are you sure you're looking at the same same? Is that the right Sears? Sears Holding Company. Uh oh wait. And is this the founded in two thousand five? Isn't this it? Isn't oh yeah, it? yeah, it is. I it think is, it, is, it, yeah. is, it is. It's called oh wow. It's called Sears Holdings, uh, retail company. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, they did sell everything. Yeah, they were like the home appliance store. Oh, like okay. anything for the home, they had it there. They had tools. They had uh, clothes. They had accessories for the bathroom, the kitchen, the bedroom. Right. Um, they had furniture. They had everything. Right. Um, yeah, I remember shopping there. Because it was like a middle class kind of um, store. Uh, but I don't know where you shop in general. Like, we went to... Um, Amazon. You went to Amazon? I, I go to Amazon everywhere. For, every, for everything? <laughs> for everything. Jeez. Pretty much everything. Except clothes, maybe. Except clothes. Yeah, I never trust the clothes on, yeah. on Amazon. Because yeah. what if it doesn't fit? Yeah. You just send it back. Got to package it up. And yeah. then it takes like a week. Yeah. To get refunded. And then... Yeah. But pretty much everything else, I'm like, Amazon. Like, I have Amazon Prime. I'm like, it can get there in yeah. two days. I'm like, uh, I'm... I know. It's amazing, right? Two day shipping? That's yeah. crazy. And there, yeah. there, isn't there like an option for like one day shipping? Uh, there might be. But that's like extra, I think. Yeah, there's gotta be, because it's insane. Uh, free same day and one day. Oh my god, you can do same day shipping. Same day shipping. You can order. Oh something. my god, it'll be there before the end of the day. Yeah, so you can order. Oh I don't know, my god. A pair of socks, and then it should get there. That's ridiculous. I think at that point it's just dude, just wait a couple days. <laughs> Why are you going to pay so much more that for That is on demand. Right. You Unless you absolutely quick. need it, you know. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, that's crazy. You can get so many things on Amazon. That is crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, geez, the amount of transportation that, um, the amount of logistics that goes behind one day shipping must be crazy. Yeah. Like I know, um, in terms of uh, logistics, there's three main companies. There's there's FedEx, there's UPS, and there's DHL. These okay. three main companies uh, dominate the the transportation business. So they they all own their own airports, they all own their own planes, right? And their own trucks and their own boats. Um, they're the ones that um, pretty much cycle everything out. So they deliver right. everything. They do the mail. Um, they do packages and everything. Yeah. Uh, they do big whole um, transportation between businesses. Yeah. Um, Amazon is looking to get into that business where they control their own distribution line. Ah. Uh, okay. So with that, they'll have more freedom. Uh, and I think that will allow them to do one-day shipping or same-day shipping for that matter. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, those are the three main companies uh, wow. that, that dominate um, any, everything. Um. So right now we're just like messing around, just looking at random shit. Um, so, um, how'd you like it? It was our first day of podcasting, right? It was good. It was we, good. We were, I liked we it. were able to uh, pump out two two hour. Uh, two. I, th- I think the second one was two and a half hours. Let's check it out, guys. Uh, how long are we going for? We're now heading two. Yeah. Two thirty-five. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Two thirty-five. That's, That's crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, time flies. It really does. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. And I could see this thing being a, a regular thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have these conversations anyways, you know? Pretty much. Yeah. So we might as well record it and see what happens. See what happens. I mean, I'd be amazed if people actually listen. You think so? I, I would not be amazed. You I, be think, amazed? I think the conversations you, we have are amazing. You think we're popular, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, not necessarily yet, but I think... Uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I do think... The conversations that we have, people would love to listen to because there's a lot of random things that are people don't know about that we discuss. I think what people like the most is like I don't I listen to podcasts all the time, and I love I love turning it on when I'm like you know cleaning the house or like when I'm studying or Mm -hmm. when I'm like driving or something like that. When you're studying, Uh, yeah. You you can you can study and and listen to well, podcasts not like stuff. hardcore studying like I don't know, okay like writing code and studying oh okay, okay <laughs> yeah okay. something that's, something okay. that's kind of mindless right 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 um right. um so yeah I like to turn on podcasts like take a break you know it's really cool because um you know you get different perspectives and exactly exactly I think that's that's key yeah that's key is to be able to have discussion and conversation about certain different subjects that where you can provide. If you can provide these different perspectives that people have probably never thought of, or you can spread proper information or spread uh, information that might be helpful to people, then right, uh, or interesting to people, then it's I think, I think worthwhile, so worthwhile. Because yeah. I don't think people have that genuine conversation anymore. Um, it's, it's very hard. rare to have yeah. that. And I think yeah. podcasting is really, it's giving you that ability to actually listen to a genuine conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because not everybody has what we have, right? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that. You know, genuine, just real talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not being on social media all the time. Trying to get points or something like that. Yeah. To gain the social ladder or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure if you noticed um, our, our style or who we are as a person. Um, Parth is very social. He's very much in-depth with, uh, um, you know, social dynamics in general. Sure, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would say, say so. that. I'd say so, yeah. Um, very much an entrepreneur um, attitude. Yeah. Uh, very much a alpha guy mentality. Yeah. Uh, with me, on the other hand, um, 
I don't know. What do you notice about me, just in general? That... I feel like you're very stoic. Okay. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Very stoic. What is stoic again? Stoic. <laughs> you want to look that up? Uh, stoic. Yeah, we were on that. that... Stoic and very analytical. Very analytical. That's not how you spell stoic. Scottish. Oh, stoicism. Yeah. A person who can endure pain or hardship without feeling or showing their feelings or complaining. Yeah, very chill, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. And very analytical. Like, uh, I think... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we're going to do for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah, engineering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you like to break things apart and, and just hear... I do. A I really do. perspective, you know. Because I, I really like analyzing the details of things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... People don't do that often because it's, it's very hard to think and it's very difficult to actually listen to people in general. Yeah. I think it's very difficult to listen. Yeah. Because to be honest, when you were talking about, um, you know, the sexual... Female sexual strategy. Yeah. Um, I was having a hard time trying to come back with something <laughs> oh okay yeah but i understood all of it oh okay um what you mean like throw a counter argument to that yeah or? something like that yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of tough it's almost bullet i feel like you know what that's that's the cool thing about the rational male is i feel like it's almost bulletproof to this almost. point i've read all i've read i can't say every single chapter of every book but i've read the majority of of all three books i'm pretty sure some people like to have a conversation about that oh 100 yeah. it's it's uh, this is the thing that we get the most lash back on you oh know? yeah big time um because yeah. it's it's destroying people's idea of of what they think that it's making know, them should think be. in a way they don't like yeah yeah and when you read the books it's almost bulletproof i can't seem to find and i've tried i've tried believe me too yeah, same here to, it's kind like, of hard not to see things with yeah that. Yeah, now it's yeah. like I, I've tried to like break down. I've tried to argue the opposite or try to argue against his points of view. So much of it, yeah, I cannot disagree with. I see it too much, and I, I guess there's maybe only a couple things left that I could disagree with at this point. Oh, really? Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Where's... that that I I mean, uh, that I would have a counterpoint to, and I see a little bit differently. Uh -huh. But only only one or two things at this point, right? You know. Mm. Yeah, it's very bulletproof. I would imagine. Um... It's it's a kind of book that has a lot of solid arguments. Uh, right now, I have, I have uh, read it on the okay. <laughs> on I was the like, what here. is that? <laughs> this is random feed. It's yeah. like yeah, um, it's like Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, more than welcome. Have anybody uh, talk about these type of topics? Um, you know, regarding the rational male. There's a lot more we didn't cover. In terms of the oh, rational male, there's 100%. a lot, lot more. So much more. And I'm still trying to understand things as well. Because yeah. um, it's it's not an easy thing to comprehend. Yeah. In yeah. general. Yeah. Um, and when you're reading it, you're consistently trying to apply it to your own life. As in, like, uh, you think back to your, your own situation sometimes. You know, you think back to your own, you know, the girls that you've dated or... Um, your own situation, you know, and it's sometimes you have to kind of let your ego go when you read these kinds of things. Right. Um, and look at it as rationally as possible to be able to, uh, you know, this whole ego investment has to, that in a certain idea yeah. has to be let go. And it's very tough, very tough. Yeah, I totally agree. 
Um, so our next podcast probably won't be until like March, maybe. Yeah, it might be not it be might for be a while. A while, yeah. yeah. Depends so, on when Matt will be back from school. Which yeah, is, from school. You see, Merced. It is. So. Um. So yeah. Uh. I mean, I would gladly like to do podcasts like every week now. Would Would that be? Like I a, would. I would love to. I think I that's mean, reasonable. Yeah. Um. I mean, we can definitely do this from for the rest of our lives, I guess. I if would be, yeah. If we have the audience or not. Yeah. Even if not, it's, it's fun to have. It's, it is fun to have. Yeah. It is fun to have. I mean, I think we learn a lot of things on this podcast as well. As we're going through this, as right. it will help you to clarify when you can explain your ideas to someone else or to an audience. It, it is, forces you yourself to get clear on these ideas, it, right? It really does, yeah. So yeah. It's very vital to think and yeah to talking is thinking to be honest because being yeah. able to verbally communicate with like that helps yeah. you think a lot yeah it honestly does yeah um and i encourage anybody who's listening to do your own Absolutely. to be honest it's not that hard all i gotta do is get a mic uh get this program called audacity um it's very easy to record easy to learn it's super simple this mic was like what 60 bucks it was yeah um do we plan to return this mic actually Probably, probably we're probably gonna get uh, personal mics, which is much less of like an echoing sound. Yeah, the audio would be a, mo- yeah. a lot better to be honest. Yeah, um, but we are now hitting uh, two hours and forty three minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, much uh, longer or a little longer than our last one. Yeah, which was like three hours ago. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's currently nine thirty seven p.m. Uh, Southern California. Is it raining outside? It's been raining for the past couple of days. I think so. Um, it's January seventeenth, uh, two thousand nineteen. Um, yeah, starting the new year, yeah. doing something new. Try, yeah, trying something new. I, yeah. I did notice that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just looking at it in the future, might as well have this on record. Yeah. Um, were you thinking about like expanding this so we could have multiple guests or like just friends that like your friends? Um, oh yeah, 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 um, absolutely. Come on board. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We can have, we can have many different guests you know yeah. uh, if if let's say one guest is is a, has a particular topic that they're really good with that right. they've studied thoroughly or something yeah like experts. i would yeah, yeah yeah i would love to have those people on and see just have a discussion that's a simple right um get to know what they think do you simple. think do you think we should always be present for that like it would kind of be like our show, but then we would have those other guys come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say so. Right. I would say so. So like a partnership. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you heard it, you heard it here first. We're yeah, a duo now. First. <laughs> yep. This is technically our show now. Yeah. Let's call it the Parth and Matt show. The Parth and Matt show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can name it whatever you want. I'm not too picky on that. But um, I guess I'm the tech guy now because I'm <laughs> up. I just gotta, I just gotta think of creative name ideas. <laughs> well, yeah, if we do go a little big, like yeah. a little popular, yeah, um, he's gonna be ultimately managing like social media, yeah, yeah, and like the publicity things, yeah. Um, but what's what's a good way to get popular? How does a podcast get popular? Do you like I, share it with friends and then they you, share it and that's a chain reaction? Or? I think you just got to upload content and eventually upload it will. Upload content after content. And, and it has to be good content. It has you to know, be good content. They say content is king. So That is true. So what do we talk about? We talk about politics. We talk about relationships. Yeah, we talk um, about, I think we talk about everything. everything. I'll yeah. talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah. I like talking about everything. Um, <laughs> Different random facts like Sears. Sears. <laughs> Sears and Amazon. You, you learn on the show. Yeah, you're gonna learn some things. Um, <laughs> yeah. We look up live information and live yeah. facts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
I mean, that's a cool thing. Everyone has something to get. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, oh, it looks that looks cool. We're looking at a Nintendo Switch right now. <laughs> <laughs> on on Reddit, um, you're not much of a gamer. No, you don't play games. No, no. I'm. Uh, I used to be. I used to be. A yeah, lot same more. here. I used yeah. to be as well. Um, I used to play Call of Duty a lot. I used to. Yeah, he played all the basic games. No, <laughs> no, honestly, that's that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. I was not a heavy gamer, but I, I, the few games that I did enjoy playing, I would play nonstop. Oh yeah, yeah, um, over and over and over. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, they were easy to to get into, and yeah. you you were are really into Kingdom Hearts. Yes, you love Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that's my childhood game, and the new game is actually coming out. I think. Was it a week and a half from now? Two weeks from now? Something like that? And I, I'm probably not going to end up getting it, to oh, be yeah? honest. I, I was like 99% sure I was going to get it. Oh, that 1% beat that, you. That 1% <laughs> beat it, you know? <laughs> it's just I feel like I have some stuff to catch up on and do, and I need to stay away from the video games for now. Okay, yeah. Uh, just personally. I, I mean, maybe one day. Maybe I mean, in a few months. Yeah, we'll see where we are. Video games are like a vacation thing, right? Just like, yeah. be lazy. Just video do games. nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Which you I, got time to kill. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I don't I don't like the idea of killing time. Killing time. You know? right. Time <laughs> is precious, you Love know? killing time. <laughs> I think time is precious. And, yeah. Uh, not that I don't kill time from every now and then. Right. But I would rather not as much as I, you know, cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, so. The next one's gonna be in, in March, approximately Sometime March. In March, yeah. Maybe I'll come back for like a weekend, but it's gonna be probably that's probably not gonna happen to be honest, um, because my spring break is around March. Wait, are we still recording? By the way, we are still recording. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're just talking freely now. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we we'll, might as well hit the three hour mark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, what you can do is you can show this to your friends. Uh, sure. See what they think about the content, things like that, how detailed we are, if they like the dialogue. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good start, getting opinions. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, we are strictly uh, new to this type of platform. Uh, the inspiration came from Joe Rogan. I'd say so, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. That's a big podcast I listen to. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, we, we like that. It's very genuine conversations. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were doing that anyways, right? So we were like, you yeah, know. Yeah, we, we were talking like well that do. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just put a microphone between us and we'll just talk. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it was fun. Um, just people learn through podcasts. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I listen to the podcast when I'm on, like, on, on a train or on a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of time to kill, you know, people when they're. Uh, when they're going to work, for example. Right, yeah. Or the you know, stuck in traffic, like especially yeah. in L.A. You know the traffic in L.A. It's is terrible like, here. It's so bad. People do it every day. They go insane. So um, that's, that's a great time to listen to a podcast. It's not the same as listening to music or the radio, you know. Um, oh, yeah? You think it's a little different? I think it is different, 100%. You, you don't have... Podcasts are not always censored by certain things. You know, we're allowed to have a little, like we cuss a little bit here and there. Right. We talk about ideas that are 
not mainstream sometimes, you know, like yeah. the whole, the sexual strategy thing. Yeah, we're not always like trending on the topics. We yeah. talk about what we want to talk about. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of subjects that we that we cover, but it's a different perspective that not a lot of people will give you on the mainstream radio or mainstream media. Yeah, it's so. just genuine perspective from just two guys living in LA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to see if you want a database on what people think uh, just two young guys think. Yeah. Come to our podcast. Yeah. We'll tell you what we think. Yeah. Maybe we'll give you some. Um, but yeah, um, in the future, do you want to keep this type of platform? Like, do you want to like do ads, stuff like that? I yeah. Get I'd revenue, love to. things like I'd that. I love to. Yeah. Because um, I know a podcast that I listen to, they do ads like right in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. Like I'll be talking to you and be like, oh, here's a word from our sponsor. Then we do like a quick like, fifteen to yeah. thirty second. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ad read. This is this is a way to generate revenue. This is how like I guess Ben so. Shapiro does that, right? With he like, does that, yeah. He cuts it off for a minute, and then yeah. And he then, talks about that. Yeah, he talks about like precious precious metals or gold. Or yeah, he whatever. always talks about those like manly things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then um, I think Joe Rogan has like podcasts where he stops it half. I I don't think Joe does Joe Rogan have ads. He on doesn't his? have ads. No, he doesn't. So have how ads. does he make his revenue? Uh, he makes revenue revenue from YouTube, I think, or through but Patreon. How? Well, YouTube, oh, Patreon maybe. Patreon's one. He has a Patreon, and um, YouTube provides ads, right? So, do you get ads when you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, like in the middle, maybe? Uh that's what I'm. I don't know. I'm thinking. I don't think so. Okay, because I have YouTube Platinum, so I don't get ads at all. Wait, what's YouTube Platinum? That's when you get no ads. Like you pay a subscription. What? Yeah, you don't know about that? No. You look it up right now. I got it, yeah. I th- what? How uh, much is it per month? Uh, it's like thir- 12, $12 per month. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of pricey. Okay. Uh, yeah, YouTube Premium, not Platinum. Premium. premium. I was like, <laughs> Platinum? <laughs> I've never heard There's of Platinum. There's different tiers, YouTube right? There's platinum. copper, silver, and gold. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a one-month free trial. Yeah, I think you get a discount if you're a college student, um, mm. which I kind of... I kind Oh, yeah, here we go. Student plan. Yeah. Uh, for a student, it's $6. Okay. A month. I'm down for that. That is not bad. I should, I should, actually, switch on to that. I switch on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you save six bucks a month. <laughs> save it six bucks, bro. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, you can just provide your, I don't know, UCLA information. Maybe you can get it. Uh you know, I, I don't know. Let's see, let's see if that works. <laughs> Catch or not, the system. Because uh, <laughs> maybe YouTube will know when they hear this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But yeah, um, that's what I use. Yeah, they give you ad free yeah. and offline, and they give you um, some exclusive content, really. But I just mainly do it for the ad freeness. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't like getting bothered. Right, 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 right. Um, and you can also listen to music uh, on YouTube by having it, um, having the phone uh-huh. uh, click off right here. Uh-huh. And then you know, normally when you're listening to YouTube and you um, shut it off like that, it stops the video. Right. But if you have YouTube uh, Premium. It doesn't stop the audio. Uh-huh. So you can listen to music and, you know, put this to sleep. Um, that's, a, that's a feature they have. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's again, that's one episode two, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, same host, uh, Parth, P-A-R-T-H. Yep. Uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W. Uh, <laughs> we're just literally ch- we're like killing time right now so hard <laughs> killing time oh man <laughs> this is the content that we provide <laughs> just looking at ads and missing out on deals that we could have gotten for subscriptions 
But um, yeah, do you think any foreign, foreigners will listen to this? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm sure foreigners listen to Joe Rogan, right? Oh, all the time, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, maybe we can get some audience members from like Europe. Or... Well, I guess the second we said that America is different and unique, that we lost those foreigners. We lost. <laughs> They're completely tuned out right now. They're like, get out of here. But, <laughs> I mean, this would be cool though if we do get a little big. This is like the, uh, um, the backstory, like how we started. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. podcast to go back to. Like, oh, this is how we started. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the trial know, runs. Or... Trial runs. Yeah. The chronicles. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah this, is what, this is what we did. It's like if yeah. you go back to Joe Rogan's first podcast, you'll see how it was on a laptop. Yeah, literally on a laptop. It was yeah. just and so it was in his different. bedroom. So different. Yeah, um, it's much more professional now. There's uh, he has Jamie, that, that tech guy. He's got some microphones. He's got a whole building dedicated to that. Yeah. So yeah, that's big. That was big. Well, he's got a whole. He's not in a whole. He doesn't have the whole building. Right? Yeah, I think he does. He talks about it often. He talks about having multiple rooms. He has a workout. Uh, room there and he has like a sauna there as well yeah he has this whole facility for, for and he, that's the same facility he uses for his podcast yeah he has a separate wow. room for that podcast yeah oh wow it's like a it's like a a big facility okay that he has somewhere uh, beyond LA somewhere yeah. around there um, but yeah he has that building uh, he's pretty legit very legit I don't know if we'll get that legit, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, I'm happy with this kind of like low key status. Oh really? Um, yeah. Would, um, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to get big like, like Joe Rogan. Well, Joe Rogan is is big. Let's it's like say the most extreme. Yeah. That's, that is, I think, the extreme of podcasts. I think he's right. got one of the most popular podcasts out there. I mean, I'll be satisfied with a small audience, to be honest. Yeah. 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 I don't. Just care. getting the message out there. Yeah. I'm not really that concerned. I mean, no, this yeah. is fun enough. I mean, we had a few drinks. We had some food. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I don't think we should have drinks every time we do podcasts. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I personally, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm trying to control the drinking, you know. Control the drinking? Okay. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, I'll bring, uh, I don't know, just water probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll do the drinking. You, you do no drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, that's our podcast, really. Um, again, we're from America, California. <laughs> we stressed that point so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear the American anthem in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stress that enough. Uh, but yeah, Parth is a graduate from UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're roughly the same age. Yes. Yeah, uh, same age. I'm 21, turning 22 in February. Oh, you're 21 right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm 22. Yeah, I'm oh, turning 22 soon. Nice. Next month. Wow, my birthday is almost in a month. Oh, it is. I had yeah, I didn't even re- I didn't realize. <laughs> When's your birthday? February twenty fifth. February twenty fifth. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. Damn. That's uh. That's always it. It usually does come as a surprise. Right. It's like the month before. I'm like, oh, next month's my birthday. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. You know, I remember when I was young. Uh, when I was like eight years old, you would count the days. I would, yeah, yeah, like at least ten days before, I'd be like, "Oh my god, it's eight days till my birthday." <laughs> and you know, panic. Yeah. I had this weird, weird. I don't know where this belief came from. Okay, it's obviously false. <laughs> um, but I used to think right. that every you, no one grows except on their birthday. 
Oh, so on that like, day, on you that grow? day you would grow like an inch. Wow! Every year, that's how you like grew. So it's you, on your birthday only. You, you grew like that. an inch yeah. or two inches. <laughs> that's how people grew taller until they were like eighteen or nineteen or whatever. Yeah. So you, yeah. I obviously that was a dumb belief. What made you think that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was eight years old. I remember, or maybe it was six or seven years old, <laughs> when I woke up in the morning. Uh, it was Wednesday morning. Wednesday I remember morning. It, it was very vividly clear. <laughs> very foggy. <'cause> <laughs> <laughs> the birds were singing. <laughs> I know, right? And uh, I just jumped out of bed and I went to the mirror in my restroom and I wanted to see if I was any taller. And you didn't grow taller? I didn't grow taller. I was... Fall apart? I did not. But I, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking to myself like... Uh, maybe I did grow, but I just don't notice the change. You okay, know? so you were convincing yourself? Yeah, I was like, maybe I did grow, but maybe I just didn't notice it. Wow, yeah. And then uh, it went down to... And then I talked to my parents about it, and they were like, that's not how it works. The part. stupid thing to think. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, You're dumb. You, yeah, like, what are you, dumb? <laughs> like, Come on, Farf. Our own son thinking like that? <laughs> yeah, I used to think of random shit all the time. Um, yeah. Like, when I was small, I thought, when you went to go visit the doctor... Yeah. When they diagnosed you yeah. with like a disease, I thought they actually gave you that disease. <laughs> <laughs> so like I died. What's the diagnosis, doctor? Well, it's got to be diabetes type two. I'm like, oh my god, why did you, <laughs> you just gave me diabetes type two? <laughs> it's like such a technical term, yeah. <laughs> but I was like eight or seven. And I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> diagnosed with That's cancer. Bad. That means the doctor is the bad guy. You yeah. don't want to go to the doctor. I ever. was always scared of the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> I don't want to get a disease. Yeah, that was a real thing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's on record now. <laughs> yeah, we think of some weird shit when we were, when we were young. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's so funny. That's so weird and dumb. Oh god. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean I mean this was fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um how many how many people do you think will listen to it regularly? Uh depends on the timeline. If you're talking I have no idea to be honest, but I know it will be growing at a consistent Consistent rate. Well, maybe, so? maybe not at a consistent rate. It might just blow up at a certain point and then stay consistent from there. Okay. So what do, what do you think about, what's our game plan here? Just like uh, go on social media and hope things go well or? Let's just throw up content for a bit. Okay. And then once we, I think we need to learn how to promote. Okay. Once we promote and, and there's certain ways to promote. Can that be your job? Social, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, uh, through like social media, through um. Uh, I think honestly, the content will do the the, the job. It should do most of the work. Yeah. You know, that's where you know the long lasting, um, actual subscribers come from. You know, where we are actually having interesting discussions. We are actually having these conversations that people want to hear. Right. And when we have those, that's when people will be like, "This is something I would want to listen to on." A, on a regular basis, you know. On a regular basis, no? Yeah. So, wow. If we can become that, then that's essentially how you get the majority of your following and keep the majority of your following, too. Right. So, not like, yeah. Well, we hit the three-hour mark. We did, yeah. We stretched it out there for like the last half hour. <laughs> really tried hard. <laughs> I know, right? We're going to have trouble in the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think once we're in the zone, like... We, yeah, we usually get talking. Yeah, then, like, yeah. That's not going to be a problem. There. That's not a problem for us. We could talk yeah. about anything, to be honest. Just hitting that three-hour mark, man. That three last, like, mark. 25, 
like I think two hours minutes. is good to be honest yeah, per episode. Yeah, yeah. maybe like two yeah. and a half to be I, honest. I can feel the conversation when it's about to die down. Oh yeah, almost, so? almost, almost, almost. I can like, like I feel it coming. Like it's oh, like it's almost there. You know, right? And I feel a little exhausted. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a good place to stop. People so. do this for a living, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, like let's players and, and gamers. Oh, they okay. do they they do commentary like over games and they yeah. they do like five episodes in a day and like okay. each episode's like an hour. Oh, oh wow, yeah, they do yeah. it for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they throw a bunch of ads and stuff. And yeah, revenue. all that content on YouTube and then re- release it once a week. Yeah, um, that's how they do it. Um, but we'll figure out what happens. Um, okay, we'll experiment. Sounds uh, good. But but for now, I mean, um, this is the end of the episode. Alrighty. All right. See you guys soon. See you guys soon.